This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the various features that we have there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. As we kick off another week of fun here tonight, it's Ian in the studio. Michelle. And Mark. Uh, your phone number here, 800-259-9231. Right to the calls. In fact, we've got a special guest joining us here tonight from the woods of Grafton, New Hampshire, which means the connection may be a little bit spotty. Uh, hopefully, we'll get lucky here with him. The emperor himself, uh, the emperor of free Grafton, also known as Evan. Evan, are you with us? <laughs> I, I, I think so. All right. Well, how did you become the emperor, just as an aside, before we get to what outrageous things happened up here uh, this weekend in New Hampshire? Do, do what? How, the how, emperor? Yeah, how did you become the emperor? Oh, well, uh, we had a legitimate uh, here in uh, Ski Grafton. I think, I uh, think people voted. Uh, uh, now, when know, was when was this election? Oh, uh, I think it was on November 2nd. Uh, Okay, because I had heard that there was an ambassador selected. Yeah, I had heard there was an ambassador selected on November 2nd, uh, but not... Okay, but what about the emperor? When were you elected? Well, the last time the town had a full election. I'm kind of foggy on exactly what date it was. I see. So was it it earlier? I guess uh, probably one of those middle midterm elections or something like that. All right, so let's see if we can get to this here. I know that uh, we've got a really crappy connection, so... I don't know how this is going to work out, but essentially over the weekend, uh, and the video is posted right now over at freekeen.com, but over the weekend there was another event at the Concord Federal Building. The federal government has a big courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire, and there has been some events there happening on a monthly, uh, I guess a monthly occurrence. They're called Tilting at Windmills. Frequently activists will get dressed up in in costume. Uh, I know that Russell and Kat Canning, the publishers of the New Hampshire Free Press, were there dressed as prisoners, uh, like like a federal prisoner in orange garb and like a bag over their head, that kind of uh, dress. They were there, and then there were some other activists there with video cameras, and uh, you were there as well. Uh, and uh, so apparently there's been this tr- tradition of chalking that has started up within the last few months at this Tilting at Windmills event. Last month, Russell Canning was arrested and ticketed for the chalking. And then this month, they took things a little bit further and arrested his wife, Kat Canning, as well as you, uh, Evan. You both were arrested this weekend right. for the same vicious crime of chalking on the sidewalk uh, in front of the uh, the federal building. True. So what uh, was your experience? I mean, you were arrested second after Kat was arrested because you, what, disobeyed their demands that you, uh, you know, be an obedient little serf and put down the piece of chalk? Um, I didn't, I didn't hear him make any demands. So, th- so they just um, came right up and, uh, and just arrested you without even giving you any kind of uh, warning? Uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't personally warned. Gotcha. Um, but I saw Kat being... Uh, dragged away and uh, so i wrote free cat on the there what was the charge uh that they have filed against you uh disobeying a lawful order i mm. think okay and so they want 125 dollars as i understand it uh, out of you do you intend to pay that oh no not okay. at all yeah i wonder what they're i mean how can they you know they, they give you a ticket what are you do you get a day of day in court uh, over this i mean how, how does that work how, how are they going to get their 120 dollars out of you 
I'm not sure. Uh, the guy before he left said that I'm not going to. I could make the court appearance mandatory. Okay. He said he could make it mandatory, but he's not going to? Yeah. Well, that means that if you don't pay, it'll still. I would imagine it'll still be mandatory. I know they've arrested Russell in the past for you know some nonsense, and he didn't pay, and I believe he ended up in court, whether that was mandatory or not. But I mean, if you, I, I would guess that it's only not mandatory if you decide to cut him a check. That's that's my guess. That that sounds better. Yeah. Uh, so I know that Jason Talley was there from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. He's the guy that put the video together. And uh, Michelle, you you had said you have not yet seen this video footage. Uh, Mark, you just watched it before the the show tonight. What what did? What were your impressions of what was going on there? Well, I think they did a good job as far as uh, showing that there was a little girl that has, was chalking also. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, and that's important. It's, um, you know, they, they didn't do anything to the little girl who was drawing flowers. The the peace activists, which were, uh, you know, essentially drawing graffiti with chalk, are uh, they, they did arrest them. I think it's I think it draws up an interesting question is, you know, I guess is, is this, this is a level of vandal- vandalism, clearly. What level of vandalism is acceptable? How is it vandalism? It's not, uh, it's not permanent and it's not private property. If I came to your house and I colored it in uh, violet uh, uh, chalk. This isn't my house. This right. is the federal government's building Indeed. and it's the sidewalk in sure. front of the building. There, there are issues. Over stolen money. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with all those things. That doesn't change the fact that it's you know the, that it would be legitimately be called vandalism. Drawing on the chalk uh, on the sidewalk with chalk was an instrumental part of my youth. We yep. played hopscotch. So many people have, and it's uh, it's interesting that they've they're choosing. You know, it, it it's about what you're drawing here, right? Like so, drawing hopscotch things on the sidewalk is vandalism, is the same as drawing you know stop the war and uh, peace activist slogans. But they only go after the people that are drawing the poli- the the peace activist slogans. So it's interesting. By that same logic, though, the uh, government also owns. The airspace. So, so maybe we shouldn't even be able to speak out into the air. Maybe we shouldn't be able to hold signs in the yeah. air. I mean, how far are I, we going to take it? I don't agree that it's vandalism at all. Uh, the definition of vandalism is deliberately mischievous or malicious destruction or damage of property. It's in no way damaged any property or destroyed and, any property. came and put chalk drawings all over my house, I would call That's that your thing. house. You own that house. Right. This so, is public so now property. now we're talking about ownership issues. So, I mean, you know, is it the tragedy of commons? Certainly. Everything that's owned in commons. Is, is an issue, but it doesn't, it, you know, it doesn't change that, in fact, to this property, no matter who the owner is, it's vandalism. No, it's not, because no damage was done. No damage Mark, was done. It's chalk. Go ahead, Evan. I'm sorry. Uh, if, uh, Mark, uh, if someone did come and chalk up the, the sidewalk around your house or put chalk on your house, uh, what would you do? You know, if somebody was chalking my house, I'm going to get them off. I mean, you know, they, they need to they need to go away. Um, would you, you know, use violence to get them off of your of your property how would what would you do it i mean i, I really I, I don't know what i do i've never had to deal with somebody who is uh you know putting chalk on my house um but there's a trespassing issue there too though so sure, you have the sure. right and the authority to remove that person from your property right yeah I, I would say that you do so then the sidewalk is owned by whom? That, that, that's really that what it all comes down to, is who owns this stuff. We're told... No one legitimately owns it. Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so difficult to talk about these fact, issues of government. That, you could argue that I, I homesteaded that unowned property when I applied my labor and my chalk to it. 
Yeah, I think that uh, I, th- I think you're going to have a difficult time, uh, you know, resting uh, the piece of d- the documented piece of paper that says the government says that they that they own that piece of uh, property that they stole from somebody at some other point. Well, he could argue that, though, Mark, and it's a legitimate argument whether the men with guns. You'll have care an opportunity to go question. to court. I don't uh, to go to court. I don't think they'll care much. Well, I think we'll we'll hold our own courts. I'm not really interested in playing their game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about what's going on up in uh, Free Grafton right now with the Free Grafton elections uh, just this uh, couple weeks ago where you guys actually had a table set up outside of the voting location where all of the you know the regular sheep were going to to cast their votes and you had the uh, you know the, the your own table and uh, you had your own election it was uh, it was really great and it was very very creative. And I, I, I hope that other people will do that. Well, I, I'm not sure of the date, but I hear there's uh, another election coming up soon, a Shire-wide oh, really? election for, uh, for a judge. Uh-huh. And uh, my, my endorsement uh, as the emperor is for uh, Gagan. Oh, very uh, good. Very our, good. Uh, he was the, the guy judge. that was in the video, actually, uh, that folks can see over at freekeen.com. He made the, the phone call to Pork411, giving folks a heads up about what was happening. When they took you uh, back in the office, did uh, anything interesting transpire you'd like to tell us about? Um, well, yeah, I had some, I had some nice conversations with them. And, uh... <laughs> if there's anything you want to highlight, well, uh, I'd be interested in hearing what it is. Uh, Evan was arrested, the emperor, by the way, of uh, Free Grafton, elected, duly elected. What's uh, his term? I, that's a good question you should ask when we come back. Uh, more with Evan here in a moment, if he can hang on, if we can keep the cell phone signal from out in the woods there. 800-259-9231. The, the video is outrageous, by the way, of these folks being arrested. It's incredibly violent. All of this for chalking. Uh, you can see that at freekeen.com. We're coming up. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free. So enjoy those. Live streams are there, broadband version and dial-up version of the show, available around the clock. So you get the latest episode of Free Talk Live anytime you tune into our streams. Plus, there's our webcam, our listen lines, a to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. We've got a satellite channel of, of course, over 80 wonderful radio affiliates as well. Go to listen.freetalklive.com and get tuned in. If you like Taron Lupo's history pieces on the LCL report, then check out his new historical fiction novel, Pirates of Savannah, is an adventure novel about the birth of freedom in the Low Country. At its heart is a tale of prisoners, refugees, and society's casts off joining together to escape from government tyranny and discovering a path to liberty on the open seas. It's a gritty, vivid account of what life was like in the 1700s and loaded with real, obscure historical events that time is nearly erased and buried. Taryn's doing an experiment in intellectual property and taking a risk by just giving the ebook away completely free. You can check out, I think there's 20-plus chapters available now at piratesofsavannahbook.com. piratesofsavannahbook.com. 
Toll-free number tonight, 800-259-9231. We've got the Emperor on the line, uh, the Emperor of Free Grafton. As duly elected, uh, Evan is with us here after being arrested this weekend, detained uh, behind closed doors in the Federal Building in Concord, New Hampshire, along with Kat Canning, the publisher of the New Hampshire Free Press at NewHampshireFreePress.com. Evan, are you? Uh, do you have a blog anywhere that people can follow you, or is it pretty much FreeGrafton.com for you? Um, I don't really have a blog of my own yet, and uh, I'm pretty sparse that I uh, post on Free Grafton. I guess occasionally I'll post there. I know that at the, at the very least others are posting about you uh, as the emperor. You know, you probably should have other people do your posting for you. Uh, so so what's your term there as emperor? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I do know, though, that the, the duties of the emperor include, and are strictly limited to, things official, unofficial, officially unofficial, unofficially official, and or officious. I missed everything before officially, if unofficial. There was a, like a little gap there. The, the duties are what? All that official stuff. Uh oh, we may have lost the uh, the cell phone connection. Cell phones. Uh, oh, hello. Hello. Yeah. There you are. One hey. more try, man. We're gonna give it one more shot. Uh, the the duties oh. are what before all the official stuff. I'm just curious as to what you said. Not going to work out. I'm afraid the uh, this conversation is unfortunately over. Um, <laughs> one of the problems with with living. Thank you for the call tonight, though, uh, Emperor from uh, Ever Emperor Evan from Grafton. And one of the problems with living in Grafton is. Uh, even though there isn't really much of a government, there also isn't really much of a signal for cell phone coverage <laughs> yeah, There's not out a lot there. of civilization mm-hmm. either. Or internet, yeah. right. Uh, the, you know, but I'd like to point out that Free Grafton has been extraordinarily successful. Oh, absolutely. In its, uh, you know, the, the, their pursuit of a sort of free town, if you want to call a few houses uh, in the, nestled in the woods uh, a town. Because they had to go all the way to Manchester, or excuse me, all the way to Concord to get their trouble. So the, the, the free <laughs> yeah. Graftonites had to pick up out of Grafton and, and go into uh, you know enemy-occupied territory in order to have trouble. Those people there are really active yeah. in, in pursuing freedom for other people, such as Jason Talley. And he's doing a, a piece on Weta Claus right now and helping him. And Jason's been doing some amazing work. Yeah. He's the executive director of the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund, as you well know, Michelle. Yeah. Uh, CDEvolution.org is the place to go. In fact, that's where the main story is about this. Uh, the, the video I put put up at freekeen.com, but Jason wrote up a piece over at... Uh, at, at Cali uh, TV or... No, it's uh, free graft, or excuse oh. me, not free grafting, but uh, cdevolution.org. Over 20 Shire activists met at the federal building in Concord for th- street theater, chalk, and fun. And also, according to the event page on Facebook, to let the feds know we don't like all the killing, torture, stealing. Cat and Russell Canning traveled from Free Grafton to provide the street theater, dressing up as iconic torture victims of the U.S. federal government. Among the chalk tags the activists made were End the Police State, End the Wars, Free the Drug War Victims, and Government is Violence. Seemingly, as an attempt to prove the protesters correct, armed men from the Department of Homeland Security attacked Cat Canning as she chalked taxes equal theft on the pavement in front of the federal building. After struggling with the non-compliant cat, they put her in chains and dragged her inside. They- yeah, they didn't just do that. I mean, you know, they she, she wasn't entirely, um, you know, gone limp, but she did go to the ground. Uh, she didn't appear to want her hands, uh, you know, shackled together. But they just drug her by those uh, by those handcuffs. So uh, they really dug into her. One hundred twenty-five dollar ticket uh, for disobey- disobeying a lawful order. She was released to her concerned friends, and then spoke to Tally.tv about her experience during her captivity. 
Free Grafton's Emperor Evan wrote Free Cat in chalk and was quickly accosted by an employee of DHS with the assistance from an employee in the private firm Security Services SS. Interesting uh, alliteration there. As they attempted to put Evan in chains, the young emperor heroically finished another free cat chalking. It's very dramatic, actually, when you watch the video of him attempting to continue chalking despite being in the process of being arrested by these federal thugs. Yeah, that this he he almost got his arms broken. Yeah, it was really horrifying uh, to watch that. Evan spent three hours with his federal government captors because he refused to identify himself. Eventually, his release was secured by Free Grafton's ambassador. Weeda Claus and Evan was returned home to his peace, uh, peaceful Shire home that evening. Signs were sparse during the event as activists opted for cameras and chalk. The signs that were there read taxes, pay for war and torture, U.S. out of New Hampshire, and simply no. The event was covered by Shire independent media makers, uh, and the video is right there on the front page of freekeen.com. Now, it's my understanding that the chalking is not done. There are going to be more chalkings in the future that I hope that the next one, because I didn't even know about this one, like the, the word had not gotten to me. I was uh, not invited to the Facebook, or maybe I missed it or something like that. But now there's a new calendar up over at cdevolution.org, which is actually beginning to aggregate different events and happenings from different parts of uh, New Hampshire. Right now, it's CD Evolution has their own calendar as far as things that CD Evolution is tied directly into. And then they also have calendars that are being aggregated from freegrafton.com and also freekeen.com. There is a brand new Free Concord. There's also the new Free Match. I don't think they have calendars quite yet, but eventually once they do, I imagine we'll have them all aggregated into the same place through the magic of Google, over at uh, cdevolution.org, which is excellent. So if you want to see what uh, what's going on up here in New Hampshire, you can go to cdevolution.org, click over to events. Maybe you can't make it up to back these great activists up in person, Maybe you, or at least not right away. Maybe you're coming, but you can't get here uh, sooner rather than later. You could, if you wanted to, contribute to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. There are a few different ways to do that, and it's a great way to help back these folks up when they need that help, when they need that assistance, whether that means uh, paying for some commissary while they're in jail so to make things a little bit more comfortable right. uh, for them, or whether that means helping them pay for, for instance, like some legal fees to bring a, a liberty-friendly lawyer on board, doing outreach as well, and uh, advertising and, and spreading the word about civil disobedience. Those are some of the areas that I think the money has been used for uh, so far. Mark, you're on the board with me, so if I'm missing something. And it's still a relatively new organization, uh, and there's always room for new ideas and and new people to get involved. And it's uh, I'm glad we have it here in New Hampshire, the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund at cdevolution.org. All right, still to come here tonight, your calls, of course, about whatever it is that's on your mind, 800-259-9231. I know, Michelle, you've uh, been talking with or... or you certainly know a lot about this guy that has been charged with $10,000 in civil penalties for, John I guess... Tyner in San Diego, that's correct. For not being scanned at the TSA, He refused basically. to be scanned as well as groped. We will find out what is going on with that and take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? 
Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features that you'll find there totally free. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. News updates are available. You can get signed up and be kept in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. You can uh, get us, follow us via Twitter or Facebook or email over at news.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable? SACL CAI handles accounts receivable. They handle your customers with respect. You, you, you will not be sorry for using SACL CAI. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a big advocate for liberty. As a matter of fact, they can handle all kinds of issues uh, that have to do with telephony, whether you want to contact a group of people for, say, a campaign or uh, that sort of thing. It's SACL CAI. Their banner is at the top right-hand side of freetalklive.com. So over this uh, past weekend, there were about 20 activists out in front of the federal courthouse in Concord, New Hampshire, and they were engaging in some chalking, amongst other things, sign holding and uh, videoing and but there was uh, some adults and a young girl. I don't know how old she was. Certainly under ten, maybe seven or or younger. She looked younger. Uh, yeah, who was who was also chalking there? Yeah, it might have been five. I don't know. Yeah, I'm taking but, five. Yeah, she she was uh, there chalking, and for whatever reason, they decided to arrest the adults, but not the child for chalking. And we had Emperor Evan on the line from Grafton. The phone connection wasn't so great. He believes he has a better signal. We're going to give it one last try here to see if we can get the inside story as to what happened uh, when they took him away. And very forcefully, by the way, this is not. This was not a nice uh, arrest. It was very dramatic. Uh, Evan was attempting to uh, continue his chalking as they were arresting him. And the video you can see for yourself over at freekeen.com. Just the outrageousness, the idea that in the supposed land of the free with free speech uh, and freedom to assemble and all that, that one can't even chalk some designs on the sidewalk. I mean, it's just absolutely ludicrous what's happening here. Evan, uh, are you with us? And what did you have to tell us? Go ahead. Uh, I think I'm with you. Go ahead, sir. Uh, Well, when they took me in, uh, they wanted me to identify myself, and I didn't have any... uh any of their government papers on them, on me. So uh, um, I, I told them my name. I said, um, you know, I, I answered most of their questions, but they, they said that I couldn't prove it, that I, I couldn't prove who I said I was because I didn't have any of their papers. Um, well, they tell you that you're it. innocent until proven guilty in this country, so I guess they'd have to prove that you weren't who you said you were. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just in theory, Mark. Yes, I understand. So, so how did you end up getting out? Um, eventually, they had to call in uh, some guy, Therian. It's like apparently the Homeland Security uh, Director for Northern New England or something right. like yeah, that. Right, yeah, he's the head of the, uh, the Federal Protective Service, as they are called, and he has been yeah. involved in arresting uh, liberty activists up here in the past. Yeah, and he... Uh, he asked me, well, we really wanted to get you out here, so just 
have some way we could verify your identity. And I said, well, I'm surprised you don't know who I am. Your organization has kidnapped me repeatedly in the past, so you'd think <laughs> you guys would would have some record of that. Well, was this oh, the first really time you've been arrested by the feds? Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, they don't tend to communicate too well. I mean, despite all of their, uh, despite all of their talk about how computerized they are and how connected uh, they are, they, you know, they, maybe they're not as connected as they want us to think that they are. I, and I don't it's know. Not a real bright bunch. Well, did they did they take your thumb, uh, fingerprints at this point? Had they taken your fingerprints? They've taken fingerprints in the past. Uh, but did they take them this time? Other place here today did they ta- did they the take them day. i'm sorry i couldn't i couldn't hear you did they take them today and had they taken them no they didn't well then there's no way for them to know um you know that you know who you are unless they would just remember um i mean it's not like they have face face recognition software yeah or anything is that like what they that. did is that he just recalled you well, or no, he ended up he ended up calling uh manchester which were the last uh, uh criminals that held me and i said oh they should remember me because they made me wear a mask and gloves when i was in jail so <laughs> And that was because you wouldn't take the TB test, right? Right. Yeah. All right. So what else happened inside there that you want to share with our audience? Any uh, interesting conversation between you and the the gangsters? Oh, yeah. Interesting. That's for sure. Uh, I kept asking them uh, how much they they got paid to do this, and they they never answered that question. But uh... No surprise there. I'm watching the video, Evan, and I can see the guy as he's handcuffing you has his foot and and from his knee down pressed against your crotch. It doesn't look like it felt too good. Yep. And we're losing his cell phone signal. Evan, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate the information. Uh, just to, the video speaks for itself. It's just so absolutely absurd and outrageous all at the same time. The idea that you'd have to arrest someone for writing in chalk on a sidewalk, on a sidewalk that is ostensibly public property out front of a building that was paid for by stolen money is just so absurd and such a perfect example of how far these government people have come from their supposed liberty-oriented constitutions where, you know, the freedom of speech is enshrined and it's the First Amendment and, you know, it's so important. And no, no, there's some people out front chalking on the sidewalk on a Saturday afternoon. We're going to have to go out and threaten them and then arrest them. That's where we are today, right? In this country. You know, I just, I, I, this chalking thing, it kind of sticks in my craw a little bit because I, I, I understand it's not permanent. And certainly it's not taking a can of fluorescent orange spray paint and spraying, spraying these, these slogans on the ground. I get that. Um, you know, but I can't, and, and obviously, um, you know, that's, it's littering to stand around with a sign, right? And I mean, you're, 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 you're littering the sidewalk with your sign while you stand there and you hold your message. But it seems like somewhere in, in the in between, right? Like, you know, some, somewhere no, between. No, it doesn't. Ludicrous it's and, chalk. It's just chalk. Kids put chalk on the ground all the time. There's, a, there's definitely a disparity. Not going to last through the next. You know, it's it. not going to last through the first rain. It's not going to last through a few days of people walking on it. Would it be okay it. if they, um, if they drug the kids off too? Though, I mean, I, I, I'm not. No, looking it wouldn't be for okay. That. But I think it shows. We got another. We have another story of a child with a, another, uh, you know, 
lemonade stand kind of thing. You do? I didn't know. I, I, yeah, I've, I've actually got another one of those, and it's I, they're all over. But you couldn't run. I mean, if I just used my son Jack as a uh, as a front for my business, should I, should I not have to pay taxes? I mean, you, you shouldn't know, have to pay taxes. I concur with you, but you know, the, stop paying them. At some can point, put, it gets ludicrous. Can you put signs here in New Hampshire? I'm not real savvy on the laws because, quite frankly, I just don't care. Yeah, me neither. But are you allowed? lawfully to put signs on um, telephone poles and things I like that. I have no idea. Post handbills. Is what, uh, you, are you allowed to do that? I couldn't say. I mean, I, it, I, I really couldn't say. Because I'm curious. We just had the election here mm-hmm. in New Hampshire and everywhere else, and signs are allowed to be placed on these public Yep. Yeah, it's um, probably, probably. An, there's probably some sort of an exemption for that for election purposes. Yeah, they're supposed to be collected at this point, but I can tell you they're not all up, and they never are. When, when uh, yeah, I'm just pointing out down. the hypocrisy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know. It's, tr- it's certainly true. If, if, if you are allowed to post handbills and people get away with posting handbills, uh, that's, that much is true. And I don't look at handbills as litter, and I don't really look as, at chalking as, as litter either, but I'm just trying to look at okay, this. Okay, so then you agree that these people should have been left alone then, right? I don't know. I mean, you don't know. At some point or another, it just gets ludicrous. I mean, if you come out there with a, with a crew of people and just chalk yeah, the, the let's whole do that. building. <laughs> let's do that next month, as let's a matter of fact. Chalk the whole building. You know, I mean, it, at some point or another, it just, it, it, you know, it comes Chalk the whole building because these are a bunch of criminals. This is a criminal gang who purportedly respect certain rights about freedom of speech and all this other nonsense their that they cite in their constitution. Their job is to protect those rights, supposedly. Purportedly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't. And so the hell with them. I say chalk all over their GD building. Yeah, who do they go. think they are? I mean, if this is the worst that happens to them is they get their building chalked, they should consider themselves lucky. Considering what some of the people out there think about them and what they want to do to them. Now, I, I think that chalking is an entirely peaceful activity, and I highly support it. Because other people out there, out there, if they didn't have an outlet for, say, chalking or speaking, then their anger might build up a little bit and uh, maybe result in some violence being taken against these federal gangsters. Cat yep. had bruises on her wrist. Yeah, they, she, she, was, she was harmed. These mm-hmm. are a mean group of people that are hurting people. And you can't, you can't get behind chalking? Well, I, I, I have a problem with chalking. Yeah, I think it, I think it might be vandalism. Wow. Sad. You're sad. 800-259-9230. You are sad, How about sad throwing a Molotov man. cocktail through a cop car's window? Is that, is that violence? Sad, sad, man. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Just go cower in a corner. Mm-hmm. Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond... TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert Ilya Slobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free and taking control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us here on the phones or you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the purchase price. I did it. You did? I did. I it bought was a easy, camera. Right? Yes, it was very easy. What kind of camera? Like a, a video camera or like a still camera? A still camera. I bought it for Faisal for his birthday. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Has he already got really it, excited. or does he not know? 
No, no, he got it open. Okay. Wait <laughs> <laughs> for him to be listening and then. Yeah. So, yeah, Amazon.freetalklive.com. It's the same old Amazon. You're just entering through our portal, so Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Uh, we can come back to the chalking issue in a moment here, but uh, first, Kenny, the playa, is on the line in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kenny. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Kenny? A couple of things I had on my mind, but um, the first one I want to talk about is um, the status quo. Man, this is not a good night for phone calls, is it? Kenny? Doggone it. Well, maybe we'll hear back from him here in a moment. Uh, 800-259-9231. Is it a full moon tonight? I don't know why that matters. <laughs> It's the electromagnetic waves that I'm emitting from have my last uh, visit through a scanner. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe it's Sam's like prediction thing that was oh. supposed to go down. It's today. I mean, yeah, it's today. I poked a little fun at him today. I called. No, it was yesterday. Actually, the 14th was when that was supposed to happen. So I called. What him happened today. yesterday? I I don't know. There's a what. huge synergy synergy going on right now on the planet as far as uh, people protesting, the, you know, air, airport security and uh, these crackdowns. So I mean, I, I suppose it's hi, historians get to do to identify these things, and usually in the long run, something very important could have happened yesterday. We just don't know what the effects are until much could later. Could be. It could be like you know the butterfly flapping its wings over in China creates a hailstorm in Minnesota or something like that. But yeah. that's the wonderful thing about trends that are that's so interesting. You know, uh, if you look at whether it's uh, financial trends or, or fashion trends, the short skirts will be popular simultaneously throughout. And now that we have the internet and we have telephones, it's it's easy to go. Oh well, that's because you mm-hmm. know shared information. But 100 years ago, that wasn't the case, and you would see the same kind of uh, fashion trends happening in, in the East as the West and what have you. And and so I love these synchronous uh you know, behaviors and everything like the, we were talking about with the scanners, with Smeg on the East Coast and with John Tyner on the West Coast. And Yeah, we definitely need to talk more about him here in a moment. There are several uh, examples of sort of like uh, in history where different inventors were working on the same sort of device at one time. And then one of them manages to get to market and get a patent within, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks before the other and that kind of thing. So I think it's a great example. You know, guys that have never met each other. Certainly they're working, uh, you know, they're, they're working with the same technology and they have the opportunity, you know, the same opportunities are are available to all but it's interesting to see how you know different people come up with different stuff telephone i believe uh is a good example of that we're going to try kenny one more time kenny the player in florida you're back on free talk live are you with us man not good not good kenny going once kenny going twice 800-259-9231 maybe another night kenny give us a try then uh 1-800-259-9231 so back real quick here to the uh, chalking discussion the federal government deciding to have a war on chalking apparently and arrest every single human being that they uh they can catch possibly for chalking out front of the federal courthouse here in concord uh new hampshire and i'd imagine they'd do the same thing if you chalked out in front of the federal courthouse in allentown pennsylvania or in any other place where there are federal courthouses uh because these are some of the most uppity uh bureaucrats of them all the federal government bureaucrats are the the angriest they are the the worst they are the most uh they have the least rude. incentive to uh to, to provide customer service to they, they generally don't live in you know they they'll, they'll live farther from their community they just don't have the the same incentives to provide good customer services a more local bureaucrat not that they're very good at that at it either no but the feds are by my experience the uh, the absolute bottom of the barrel the worst of the worst and uh 
maybe we can have National Chalking Day or something like that eventually if this uh, this keeps up. Because I can tell you, this is going to. I, I don't think this is going to go away. Even though in New Hampshire here it's getting colder uh, as every week goes by, and a month from now, I feel like, I think these these chalking events are monthly. Yeah, so it's not going to be a lot of chalking going on in uh, December fifteenth. You don't think so? I bet you're wrong about that. I bet that there are a lot of people going to come out and chalk because these people have arrested three of our friends now at this point, Mark. And well, I don't know. Maybe you don't know the how sidewalk. these activists work, uh, but they do. It's going to be covered to- in salt and ice. Yeah, there's a possibility if it is snowing, it may not be. It all depends. It's been a pretty warm season so yes, far. It has. Yeah. This last Saturday, it was what 68 degrees or 60. Yeah, I think 68. Degrees. Yeah, that, that's the Flatlanders, uh, you know, uh, mistake. The Flatlanders folly to suggest that you're going to guess the weather based on what. No, it was no, like I last can't. Week. I know you can't guess yeah, the weather guess here in, uh, in. Okay, New guys, Hampshire, back but... to chalking. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see two groups. So we have a test case. Some people doing flowers and hopscotch, and, and some doing words that are hostile toward the state i yeah i love that idea see if they target everybody or not because right. they didn't arrest the three-year-old girl or five-year-old girl that was chalking flowers now wasn't in uh, the same location by the way was it exactly the same location because i remember Kat yes. canning was kind of under the the awning there she it was, was the same federal the building they were out right. from the, well the, the little girl was out on the sidewalk where you walk past the building you know what what one would legitimately call a sidewalk and um whereas cat was sort I'm of not sure in the foyer on the way the door entrance like right I'm chalking sure right in that. front of the, i don't know that that's really called a sidewalk. All I know like is these entrance. are some uppity bureaucrats because here in Keene, there there was some chalking that had gone on here in Keene, and that was they, in a park. So I mean, I no, think you'd call actually, it. the front uh, the front of the courthouse was chalked. Oh, as a matter so? of fact, okay. uh, there's I believe there was a blog post about that. It was probably a, a year and a half ago or two years ago at this point. Uh, but one time during a social Sundays event, people left the uh, the meeting where we were having our beers and. Somebody brought a bucket of chalk, and we all went out and and hit the uh, the front of the superior courthouse, not just the sidewalk, but the actual front of the uh, the courthouse was chalked. I mean, the the, the brick Are there any repercussions. Or no, none fallout, whatsoever. Fallout. No, in fact, all they did in that case was you know somebody came out at seven in the morning when the the janitor got there or whatever and hosed down the front. The janitor did. Presumably, I mean, whoever it would be that would do that job at the courthouse uh, hosed down the front, and, See, and that was it. There wasn't even a newspaper article about it when the 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 when the local park was chalked by activists there was a newspaper article about that little bit of outrage uh but nothing was done there either i mean no no investigation was open at least not that i know of no one has been uh arrested for it certainly maybe they would make an arrest if the cops were there in person i don't know you know if you're on the sidewalk then wear and tear from feet i think is uh you know plays into this and this is kind of the this is part of the issue so if you're talking about like let's say there's something that's a little more permanent than chalk, but not entirely permanent. Not like a permanent marker, but just a marker that'll wear off inside of two or three months, right? Okay. So is that, would that be vandalism? <laughs> I mean, either that or some poor janitor. Well, it's not really, vandalism he's got enough crap to do to, to have yeah. to come out and spray off the... Too bad. He shouldn't work really for a criminal gang. having a hard time with this. I'm yeah. just telling you. This the, is, the janitor this shouldn't is work for the, criminals. The verge of vandalism. Okay, okay. And, okay, fine. So chalk. What if they were to take rose petals... And place the rose petals or leaves. We have mm-hmm. lots of leaves that have just fallen. Yep. I don't off think the you could argue here. with the leaves. Could you? We, could we arrange the leaves to say? Blank the state. Yeah, I think you can. And I think it's all about how the permanency of the, 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 the you know, the, the medium that you're using. Leaves blow so away quickly. You, so you guys couldn't stand up and necessarily maybe 
hiss it on the sidewalk because that would be more permanent than the leaves because the leaves I, blow away. I think it's just gross. I mean, people wouldn't <laughs> like it. It's all about the court of public opinion, really, right? Like if you can get yeah. away with uh, – and, and what is the public no, going to discuss things are either right this? or wrong. You don't ask public opinion mm. to determine whether or not something is correct or well, not. Well, I will agree with you that things are either right or wrong. And I'll agree with you that public property isn't really owned by anyone. And so therefore – It's owned a, by the public. Throwing a Molotov cocktail through an unoccupied – into an unoccupied cop car is, in fact, um, you know, not, dis- not not destruction of property in the same way that uh, you know throwing it through the window of my car is. However, you're not going. This it's the same reason that you don't use violence against the state, not because it's wrong, but because it's inexpedient. No, I agree with that. There are some things that are more or, or less effective than others. Right, and, and I, I think don't that see this, what the problem with chalking is, on is. The, right? You don't, but you're you know like just. Off. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a radical. I, I think it's okay to chalk. Ooh. And he doesn't move a couch that didn't belong and to I'll him. And I'll encourage yeah. other people to chalk, too. Ooh. Yeah, Boy, sure. what would happen if this whole country just picked up a piece of chalk and went out in front of their government office and wrote a message? Boy, I, that'd be terrible. If, if, if so, then you would have won. Then, then that, that would be victory. However, what if this whole country saw the chalkings of a few and said, these people need to be hung? And then, oh, uh, I guess I'd get say, hung then. Right. Oh, that's, like the uh, that's people just that boarded, dared to board the bus that were the color. Uh, indeed. Yeah, uh, but, and a lot of people were against that, too. It, it was, but yeah, but it was it, the time for it. It, it. Like, it occurred. It's the time your to opinion. chalk. It was not, that would not have been your opinion had you likely lived in the South at that time and had been maybe a little racist. Well, you would not have thought, really well, this is the time for this. What if. You, you can only say it's the time for it when you look back on it in history. Oh, yeah, they made the right choice. 800-259-9231. So the chalking, I believe, will continue. It's my understanding there's another one scheduled for next month. We'll keep you in the loop as to what goes on with that. Hour two is next. This is Free Talk Live. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program, inviting you to take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Whether you'd like to comment on chalking as to whether or not you you think it's vandalism, is it unacceptable as far as uh, activism is concerned? I don't think so. I think that it's a completely legitimate thing to do, and it's fun, and it's harmless. And it uh, allows people to express themselves. And that's what the federal government doesn't want. They don't want you to express yourself 
publicly in a way that people could see what you have to say uh, that is detrimental to their legitimacy. They don't want to lose their legitimacy in the eyes of other people, the people that they've worked so hard to convince that they are so important and that they are so necessary. Uh, And these chalked messages that activists were arrested for over the weekend here in New Hampshire were, you know, they weren't vulgar or anything like that. It was just simply the federal government considered them vulgar because they were not so pro, you know, they were not pro-state. They were very anti-state, very pro-freedom. And uh, two activists were arrested this weekend. A month ago, one activist was arrested. Now three people in total over two months have been arrested. Uh, Three people in two days, basically. It was one day, one month, one day, another month. I've uh, been arrested here in New Hampshire, and the video footage is uh, is particularly just horrifying. Uh, you can see it over at uh, freekeen.com. Horrifying in that they're using so much force to uh, to handcuff these human beings who have done nothing more than ride on the sidewalk with chalk. It was just so so sad. And Michelle, you have seen the video in full at at this point. I, believe. I have, and those two uh, the two cops that were arresting Cat uh, were. They had a hundred pounds on her each. I'd yeah, say that one man. cop had a couple hundred pounds on, <laughs> big on her. Yeah, you know, so, it, you know, it, it, it's absolutely true. It was it was horrifying spectacle to watch, but one just has to sort of you know wonder what. So if you are one of these cops, you can't give a ticket to these people because you don't know their names. I mean, how are you going to get their name out of them? Um, and you know, they tried the ticketing. Well, last hold you month, until they hold you until you give it up. Indeed, but you have to drag them. They, you have to drag them in some place. If if I were to just walk up to one of them and say, "Hey, give me your name, so I can give you a ticket," how do you think that's going to go? To the cop? The, well, they're supposed to identify them. No. How is it going to go if the cop walks up to one of the activists? Okay, you said I walked up to one of them. All right. Um, if if you walk up, to, if the cop walks up to one of the activists, asks them for their name, so they can give them a ticket. Yeah. How's that going to go? Mostly, they're not going to give it up. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, you can see why they they take the next step and using violence. It's not okay. It certainly looks awful for them. It looks like they nearly broke the uh, the emperor's arm there. And they hurt Kat. They bruised her up as well. Yeah, they drug her by the the handcuffs. So uh, I imagine more information will be posted over at NewHampshireFreePress.com where Kat is the uh, the editor there. And certainly if you'd like to comment on your thoughts in regards to uh, activism and chalking in that situation, you're certainly welcome to at 800-259-9231. Of course, there is more news in the TSA realm with yet another uh, individual making news for refusing to uh, to take the the shakedown and, and refusing to go through the machine, uh, the body scanning machine. And I guess uh, he didn't even know about our very own Meg McLean, who was harassed by the TSA for that just uh, just about a week ago tonight. Uh, he w- was completely unaware. Michelle, what's the s- the story with this guy? John? Somebody? John John Tyner is his uh, T Y N E R. And um, <clears throat> pardon me. He uh, was going to go on a, a pheasant hunting trip with his father in South Dakota, and they were both flying out of uh, the airport in San Diego. And he, uh, as he approached the conveyor belt, he actually turned on his cell phone on video record before tossing it into the uh, into the bin there. Interesting. And when asked why he did that, he said that because. He had called ahead and asked whether or not San Diego Airport was using the scanners. He wants no part of that and and knowing that more and more are popping up throughout 
the country. He um, Yeah, they're good he, and expensive. It's good yeah. for the government budgets. In San Diego, you can fly out of John Wayne Airport. You can go over to Ontario. You have lots of options down there. Okay. Well, it's interesting that this has uh, happened without, you know, it, it's just all happening simultaneously. Back to what you were talking right. about in the last hour where this guy is refusing to go along with it and purportedly not being inspired by Meg's story from last week just happening on his own. People are, are upset about this. And they should be. When, they, when people are finding out about this, they don't even know. A lot of, a lot of Americans have no idea that this is happening. They're, they're so absorbed in their, their own lives that they just don't realize the police state that is being built up around them. You look confused, and they, Michelle. Well, they've bought the lie that, mm. they're there, that TSA is going to protect them. There's that, too. And as, as John uh, points out in his blog, every attempt to blow up a plane since 9-11 has been stopped by passengers after the government failed to provide protection for them. Yeah, the TSA has never caught one single terrorist, you know, a person that could be legitimately called that. And it's absolutely true. All the, the these, you know, attempts to blow up airplanes have been stopped by actual passengers because what I've said all along is you're never going to hijack another plane with box cutters. You know, the, the all the nail files and clippers and all the nonsense that the TSA has busied itself with, the bottles of water, none of this stuff does anything to keep anybody safe. All it does is annoy the crap out of people that are trying to, you know, that are in a stressful situation already, which is traveling, and it just annoys them further. Now, and it I... wasn't box cutters that, that killed 2,000 people. It was the fuel and the jet crashing into a building. Sure. That, but you know, I, I can see how people, you know, sort of the zeitgeist at the time was when people were, when, when a plane was hijacked, you went, you spent the afternoon on, on the tarmac in Havana, and then you went home. So if you just, you know, sit down and shut up, everything will go fine. That's how things had gone up to that point. Then a few guys get a really great idea, you know, the, a great idea from their standpoint. They get some box cutters. They say, well, this this, this will work. And, and off they go. And, and it did. It worked the first time. But it'll never work again. Not not in a hundred years. Well, as Brian Travis pointed out in his, um, in a Lou Rockwell uh, uh Editorial. This is Brian Travis from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. That's yeah, correct. That. Yes, he uh, he did a write up about the incrementalization of the you know abdication of our of our liberties regarding flying, and he said everyone's up in arms about the scanners. What about my pocket knife? What about my matchbook? What yep. about not having to disrobe? Mm-hmm. We've incrementally you know given ourselves over to this. Um, uh, Concentration camp, like <laughs> you know, it, it, it just clothing making, removal, yeah. butchered things here. I mean, it remind when I look at it, standing back, I'm always reminded of Schindler's List, you know, and oh, the and the and seeing the suitcases here and the leather shoes here and the belts here and the jewelry here, and I don't. It's just it's spooky and how I you know have fought against it is every time I I fly and I fly maybe. 10% of what I, I did for years yeah. now, mm-hmm. um, you know, I start talking mouth, mouth, mouth as soon as I, you know, and within earshot of anyone and, and um, just to, you know, help people remind them. It's like, do you, you realize what we're doing? We're disrobing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it, it just goes to show the TSA is not going to stop. There's always going to be a next step. There's mm-hmm. always going to be more expensive equipment to get that's going to be, you know, more de- detrimental to your health. That's going to be more detrimental to our, our civil liberties. And, you know, they're already taking the bottles of water. You've got to, well, actually, only the bottles of water that are larger than 3.2 ounces and not contained in a, uh, a quart Ziploc, a quart size Ziploc bag, because you can have water at that size. You just can't have a bottle of 12 ounce bottle of drinking water. Why? Because they're inconsistent and stupid, and they're just not going to stop. And there's, you know, they they they've got to justify their uh, existence with these silly little rituals that they go through. Well, the, to me, the U.S. Uh, Patriot Act has always been the great anathema from the post nine eleven, uh, you know, events and everything. And and I don't even think people think it's the U.S. Patriot Act. It's actually an acronym for something that's much more menacing. What's that? I'll look it up so I can read it to you exactly. You know, it's, it, it, and it's not just the Bush administration. The, the Obama administration uh, trotted this back out. And the only people to ever stand up to these folks on the Patriot Act, anyone to the Patriot Act, were the librarians. <laughs> yes. At this mm. point, the banner of freedom is being carried in this country by little old ladies with spectacles. That's how denuded, that's how neutered our population is. Yeah, that's true. It takes little old ladies with spectacles. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'd like to share this. It's a lengthy post, but I'd like to share this man's story. Uh, John, over at San Francisco, or excuse me, San Diego International Airport, refusing to go through the TSA's procedures, and they didn't take that too lightly, as they wouldn't if you did it. And maybe more people will refuse, or at least, at the very least, refuse the backscatter machine. Uh, coming up here on Opt Out Day, which is the 24th. You can go to wewon'tfly.com to learn more about that. It's free talk. The holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. And all of the inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories, and they are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. Just one of the many imaginative graphic novels from BigHeadPress.com is Escape from Terra. Humanity is going to space, and government is not invited. Space pioneers seeking wealth and freedom in outer space. Check out BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features. You'll find they're completely free. Uh, features including our Shrine of Female listeners with the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send in their validated photo to show they are indeed listeners of this program shrine.freetalklive.com will get you there and if you're a lady listener give you details on how you can be part of the shrine shrine.freetalklive.com free talk live is brought to you by the free state project your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime it's right here with other like-minded liberty-oriented people who are getting together in the same place same geographic location generally that is new hampshire in order to get active and to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Now, one thing that is uh, for sure about liberty-minded folks is they don't all agree on everything. And one of the things they don't agree on is what the best path is to achieve that liberty. Maybe it's outside of the system. Maybe it's working within politics. Maybe it's doing outreach. Maybe it's you know doing agorism where you're just uh, selling products and services to compete with the government outside of their official sanction. Uh, whatever. 
Whatever you want to do, whatever you think the best path is, come here and do it, and you'll find that there are other people that agree with you and are waiting to help you or you know, you could help them with what they're doing. It's just an amazing movement full of people that are really – I'm so proud to be around. I'm so glad that I'm here with them. I mean 20 people were out in front of the federal courthouse this weekend, and I didn't even get word of it. I mean I, I, I feel like I'm kind of tapped into the things going on up here. I try to be aware of what's going on. I knew these things were happening in general, but I hadn't become aware of the actual event and the, the day and the time of when it was happening. And despite not – being invited, and I would imagine that means not every activist was invited to it or was aware of it. They had 20 people show up on a weekend day to, you know, to, to chalk out in front of the courthouse. Two of them were arrested. And there's also been some amazing political successes that have happened so far with just a relatively small amount of people. Only a few hundred folks, several hundred folks, have made the move up here, close, close to a thousand, uh, have made the move here as part of the Free State Project, or excuse me, are here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And more are coming. Uh, over 10,500 are signed up at freestateproject.org, and you could be one of them. Uh, go to freestateproject.org, and then also check out the Next 1000 pledge at pledgebank.com slash next1000. So the TSA, still uh, big news around the country, and it's not big enough because people still haven't gotten wind of this. People still are not aware. A lot of people are still not aware of what it is that is actually going on in the airports. Maybe it's because five years ago they were already sick and tired with the TSA and they decided, screw this, I'm never flying again. And then they just figured, well, since I'm not going to fly, I'm not going to bother paying attention to all the depressing, horrible police state news that's coming out of the airports. I wouldn't blame them one iota for that. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of people. A lot of people have stopped flying and and cut down their flying, I think, is probably the big it's a it's a flying slowdown, I think, is probably the biggest issue. I think about it every time. It's an issue for me. I don't have any problems with getting in a, a hurtling metal tube flying through the sky. I have a problem with being poked and prodded and treated like uh, like like a like a surf by you know these TSA agents. So let's tell this man's story, John uh, from San Diego. He's getting on a plane at five thirty in the morning at San Diego International Airport, and he to writes go wild chicken hunting in South Dakota. <laughs> I can hardly imagine why anybody does this. Can you imagine? T- Wanting so badly to hunt down a wild chicken that you're going to fly halfway across the country to do it. Get up South Dakota o'clock. has some good hunting. I'm sure it does. JohnnyEdge.blogspot.com is his know. website. Uh, this morning, I tried to fly out of San Diego International Airport, but was refused by the TSA. I'd been somewhat prepared for this eventuality. I'd been reading about the millimeter wave and backscatter x-ray machines and the possible harm to health, as well as the vivid pictures they create of people's naked bodies. Not wanting to go through them, I'd done my research on the TSA's website prior to traveling to see if San Diego International Airport had them. From all indications, they did not. When I arrived at the backscatter, or excuse me, the security line, I found that the TSA's website was out of date. Say and does, in fact, use backscatter x-ray machines. I made my way t- uh, through the line, through the first, or toward the first line of defense, the TSA ID checker. This agent looked over my boarding pass, looked over my ID, looked at me, and then back at my ID. After that, he waved me through. They are still operating metal detectors at this airport, so I walked over to one of those lines. After removing my shoes and making my way through uh, toward the metal detector, the person in front of me was pulled out to go through the backscatter machine. After asking what it was and being told, he opted out. This left the machine free, and before I could go through the metal detector, I was also pulled out of line to go through that backscatter machine. And when I asked, or when asked, rather, I half chuckled and said, I don't think so. At this point, I was informed that I would be subject to a pat-down, and I waited 
for another agent. A male agent, now it was a female who directed me to the backscatter machine in the first place, came and waited for me to get my bags and then directed me over to the far corner of the area for screening. After setting my things on a table, he turned to me and began to explain that he was going to do a standard pat-down. Now, I thought to myself, great, not one of those gropings like I've been reading about. Well, that's, they're all standard now. Yeah, that's, that is standard now. After he described the pat-down, I realized that he intended to touch my groin. After he finished his description, but before he started the pat-down, I looked at him straight in the eye and said, If you touch my junk, I'll have you arrested. He, a bit taken back, informed me that he would have to involve his uh, supervisor because of my comment. We both stood there for no more than probably two minutes before a female TSA agent arrived. She described to me that because I'd opted out of the backscatter screening, I would now be patted down, and that involved running hands up the inside of my legs until they felt my groin. I stated I would not allow myself to be subject to a molestation as a condition of getting on my flight. The supervisor informed me it was a standard administrative security check, and they were authorized to it's do so. It's the new standard. It's not the old standard. Like, we're just creating new standards as we go. It's standard. I repeated, what does that mean? It's standard. What it means, what it says they mean. <laughs> what does it mean, though? I repeated that what I felt Whatever they were they doing it. was a sexual assault, and that if they were anyone but the government, that act would be illegal. I believe that I was then informed that if I did not submit to the inspection, that I would not be getting on my flight. See, now, this, you know, this is where it all comes down to. You know, it's, if, if this is how they do it, then I suppose it's, you know, this makes the most sense, right? Is that, you know, you either go through the pat-down, you don't get on the flight. But the story gets more wicked as it goes on. I again stated I thought the search was illegal. I told her I'd be willing to submit to a walk through the metal detector as over 80% of the rest of the people were doing, but I would not be groped. Right. And, you know, and, and, and this is where it comes down to the compliance aspect. Yeah, if you, so many of these people have walked through these metal detectors. If you just walk through the metal detector, everything's fine. What's the big deal? You know, they patch you around your belt or whatever. He said he would have gone. He would go for that. He'd be willing to go for what these other people did, but because he said no to the backscatter mm-hmm. machine, now he has to get the uh, you know new enhanced groping. What so they're what calling was standard. standard. So what was standard before and acceptable last week or his last flight is now no longer standard. That's correct. <laughs> and if he came tomorrow, the chances are very good that he would just go through, you know, if, if he left and came back on a flight at 9 a.m. instead of 5 a.m., he probably would just be able to go through the metal detector. Maybe. But now that he's there, it's just a big deal, you know, because it's about compliance. Well, right. It's not you can't about just... checking to see whether well, they, they have gun they... or bombs. Well, they can't just pull somebody out supposedly at random and then just allow that person to go back in the other line. Then they would be seen as inconsistent. Uh, as They're far inconsistent as... anyway. But the, they don't want to be seen that way to the other passengers. They don't want the other people to get the idea that they could somehow just refuse and then go back through the metal detector. But he, they did let him go back through going the other way, which was so ironic. So... Well, we'll, we'll get to the rest of his story here in a moment at 800-259-9231. Apparently, the supervisor then at that point decided to go get her supervisor. And uh, his story continues, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And this is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area. Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features that you will find there completely free. Archives are included a lot of them, as a matter of fact, the last week's worth on the front page, and then you click into the archive section, and you can go all the way back to the end of 2006. All of it free for you, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. They have thousands of templates over there. Use the um, use the the portal that we've created, hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com. We're talking about the TSA still because it's, um, it's still a big issue. People are refusing to obey and getting into it with the TSA agents. Coming up on November 24th is National Opt-Out Day, and we're starting to see it's good news over at wewontfly.com. I was a little worried last week. There were only two little points that got the Google Maps with little point push point things that are in yeah. there and there was only two of them last week now i see one two three four five at least eight nine maybe ten uh different opt-out protests or demonstrations that are going to be going on across the country all the way from oregon and washington all the way east to uh florida and, and new hampshire one down in arizona uh as well all over the place you can get uh, I guess it's, yeah, the Freedoms Phoenix crew is down there in Arizona doing it. So we won't fly.com. Just click on November 24th, National Opt Out Day up there at the top to get more details on what is happening. It's going to be a good, great time to reach out to the American public because a lot of people who would not normally fly at any other point throughout the year will be flying on November 24th. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Families are getting packed up. They're getting ready to head out the door. And rather than hit the uh, the highways, they're going to take the uh, you know the airlines. So a lot of people are going to be able to be reached when they normally would not be coming to the airports. Anyway, we're uh, sharing a story uh, from San Diego Airport where at about 5.30 in the morning, one man decided to go in and refuse to not only refuse the backscatter machine, but also refuse the pat-down. Now, our very own Meg McLean made national news last week. This guy's making national news this week as a result of his refusal. Meg never had the chance to refuse. She, she never intended to refuse the pat-down. She only wanted to ask questions. This guy said, yeah, I'm not going to do that either because that's like molestation and no thank you. And so he points out to the TSA agent supervisor, well, why don't you just let me walk through the metal detector like those other 80% of those people are, and uh, that shouldn't be a problem. Well, that was a problem, and the supervisor then offered to go get her supervisor. This from his blog at johnnyedge.blogspot.com. He says, I took a seat in a tiny metal chair next to the table with my belongings and waited. While waiting, I asked the original agent if he had many people opt out, to which he replied, none. Or almost none. I don't remember exactly. He said that I gave up a lot of rights when I bought my ticket. I replied yeah, that this... It's, it's the truth. You, do, you just give them right up. I replied the government took them away after September 11th. There was silence until the next supervisor arrived. A few minutes later, the female agent supervisor arrived with a man in a suit. He gave me a business card identifying himself as David Silva, Transportation Security Manager at San Diego International Airport. At this point, more TSA agents, as well as what I assume was a local police officer, arrived on the scene and and surrounded the area. See, he's, he's really lucky here. Um, when you 
most airports that I've experienced, there are many police officers just hanging around. You can imagine mm-hmm. what it's like being the cop at the airport. Nothing goes on at the airport. So 99% of the time, Hot you're, not, you're not a cop. You're not out in your cop car hiding from the public or whatever. You've got, you know, you're, you're in the airport. You're sitting around in some office, uh, hanging out, talking, chatting. There's nothing to do. So when there is something to do, every cop at the airport will, you know, stop what they're doing because they're not doing anything. Well, if apparently people were gathering around in this case, just like they were with Meg, if you watch Watch the video. Me too. You when see. I got uh, yeah. when I had my incident, I I swear there were a dozen people and a dog. The female supervisor explained the situation to uh, the other guy, Mr. Silva, the head of the security. After some quick back and forth, I could overhear Mr. Silva say something to the effect of, "Then escort him from the airport." I offered again to submit to the metal detector, and my father-in-law, who was nearby, also tried to plead for some reasonableness on the TSA's part. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. The female supervisor took my ID at this point and began taking some kind of report, with yeah, which they, I cooperated. They, they have to have you. They just have to take your information down. I, I don't know what they do about it. Cause they, well, apparently they're going to use this information to fine him $10,000. Mm. Uh, once she had finished, I asked if I could put my shoes back on. I was allowed to put my shoes on, gather my belongings, and I asked, are we done here? It was clear at this point that I was going to be escorted out, and the local police officer said, follow me. I followed him around the side of the screening area and back out to the ticketing area. I said apologies to him for the hassle, to which he replied that it was not a problem. I made my way over to the American Airlines counter, explained the situation. Sure, was it his trip to, to shoot wild chickens yeah. in South Dakota that was, uh, that was ruined? And asked if my ticket could be refunded. The woman behind the counter furiously typed away for about 30 seconds before letting me know she would need a supervisor. She went to the other end of the counter, and when she returned, informed me the ticket was non-refundable, but that she was still trying to find a supervisor. After a few more minutes, she was unable to, or excuse me, she was able, sorry, she was able to refund my ticket. I told her I'd previously had a bad experience with American Airlines and had sworn never to fly with them again. But after her helpfulness, I would once again be willing to use her carrier. At this point, I thought it was all over. I began to make my way to the stairs to exit the airport when I was approached by another man in slacks and a sport coat. He was accompanied by the very same officer that had escorted me to the ticketing area and Mr. Silva. He then informed me that I could not leave the airport. He said that once I started the screening in the secure area, I could not leave until it was completed. Having left the area, he stated, I would be subject to a civil suit and a $10,000 fine. They kicked him out of the area. They sure did. I asked him if he was also going to find the six TSA agents and local police officer who escorted me from that secure area. After all, I did exactly what I was told. He said they didn't know the rules and that he would deal with them later. Of course, they don't know the rules. <laughs> These government people. It's not heck. standard. No. <laughs> These government people have no idea what their own rules are. So he's liable for a fine because he left under their orders. That's correct. How stupid is that? He is the agent. Well, you're supposed to know the what rules, if he had, What if he had tried to stay? I mean, they're liable to have tasered him and drug him out by his ear. Maybe so, but you need to know the rules, Mark. You need to read all of the TSA's code. Look, even though their officers don't know their own rules, that's no reason why you shouldn't know their rules. You need to know every bit of code that those bureaucrats need to be following and that you as a customer need to be following. They're not even written down. The the Congress didn't even pass these things. It's just crap written by... You can pull it up on their website. I don't care. You can go to the USC, the United States Code. I don't have to follow rules that haven't been voted on. Take a moment. You've got a little bit of time there in the airport next time. Sit down before you go through the checkpoint, make sure you read through the tomes and tomes of information that you'd have to uh, absorb. I don't read English so good. By the admission of every member of Congress, not one of them read the U.S. Patriot Act, which is yeah. the basis for all of this in its entirety. It wasn't enough. There wouldn't have been enough time had they even tried, which would not have been. I mean, it would be a Herculean effort in order to read any law. 
Ugh. They don't read most of that. They have they have lackeys for that. He's the agent supervisor, he said, and he, uh, excuse me, uh, I then pointed to Mr. Silva, the, the other guy in the suit, and asked if he would be subject to any penalties. Uh, he's the agent supervisor, and he directed them to escort me out. The man informed me that Mr. Silva was new, and he would not be subject to penalties either. He then Good enough as- for me. He then asserted <laughs> that the necessity that I return to the screening area. When I asked why, he explained I may have an incendiary device, and whether or not that was true needed to be determined, even though he's leaving the airport. I told him that I would submit to a walk through the metal detector, and that was it, but I would not be groped. He told me their procedures are on their website, and therefore I was fully informed before I entered the airport, because everyone has internet access. <laughs> I had implicitly agreed to whatever screening they deemed appropriate. I told him that San Diego wasn't listed on the TSA's website as an airport using advanced imaging technology, and I believed I would only be subject to the metal detector. He replied he was not a webmaster, and I then asked why he was referring me to the TSA's website if he didn't know anything about it. I, again, refused to re-enter the screening area. Good for him. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go back there. God knows what they're going to do to him back there. The man then asked me to stay put while he walked off to confer with the officer and Mr. Silva. They went about 20 feet away and began talking amongst themselves while I waited. (laughs) I couldn't overhear anything, but I got the impression the police officer was recounting his version of the events that transpired in the screening area. After a few minutes, I asked loudly across the distance if I was free to leave. The man dismissively held up a finger and said, hold on. I waited. In another minute or so, he returned and asked me for my name. I asked him why he needed it and reminded him the female supervisor had already taken a report. He said he was trying to be friendly and help me out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, he's real friendly. Anytime government bureaucrats are doing that, you're in trouble. Yeah, whenever a cop says he's, uh, he's going to help you and do you a favor, I don't know if that's always true. 800-259-9231. We'll continue and find out what happened because uh, his story's almost over. It's Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing into the toll-free number. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. That's, again, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there totally free. The wiki is there with over 2,000 pages created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com. Uh, wiki.freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there and edit virtually anything. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection, the GPS black box dash cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed for traffic stops and all other accidents, driving incidents, things like that. Protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. Looking forward to getting mine. I think it'll come this week. Freedomcam.net. 
johnnyedge.blogspot.com. This man uh, has been threatened by the federal government with a $10,000 fine for doing as he was ordered to do in the TSA checkpoint. He initially refused the backscatter machine, refused the pat-down, told them that he would be fine with walking through the metal detector. That's not okay with them because, well, once they've started their little process, they have to finish it, else they might look illegitimate to the uh, the other people in line by just allowing someone to decide to opt out of two of the three procedures and go back through the, uh, the metal detector when they were selected out of that line. So the government uh, people stand firm on their position. They take him away from the security checkpoint uh, back out to the front of the you know in the ticketing area essentially and that's when he's approached by a man in a suit that he hasn't spoken with yet who then t- tells him sir you need to come back with me or else we're going to uh, bring a lawsuit against you for $10,000 why well because once we've started the screening process we have to finish it yeah you know, and that's the, there's no evidence of, of that at all i mean Those I, are the rules mark that's i don't their, know that that's true that's what he said right that's what he said and i was given the option of leaving when um i had this situation i said look mm. don't put your hands on me maybe there's a new standard right well they, they, you know the new standard is whatever they say it is at the at a given time that's always what it's been though isn't it that 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 is how government works it's government by by men not by law i always like to refer to bill clinton's very famous question what is is what is the definition of is or yes. something like that? Yeah. So, uh, so we're about to wrap up his story from johnnyedge.blogspot.com. This blog posted uh, nationwide today. It's been hitting pretty big because he actually got managed to get uh, some video going. Unfortunately, Meg was unable to get to her camera when she attempted to reach for it. They, they, they handcuffed her. Uh, this man, in his case, he started the recording, I guess, prior to actually going through the security, which was a, a smart move. Right. Uh, so, and then he just set it in the bin, and it just right. continued to run while it was sitting there in the bin. And they will probably go after him for that, I would imagine, uh, now that that's come out. Because that, they didn't have that information at yeah, that time. They don't like that at all. No, they hate that. In fact, they're going to claim that, that you know he was recording without their permission, even though they've got video cameras everywhere. Uh, the, their cameras aren't recording audio, and that will may likely be seen as some sort of federal wiretapping charge. Mm-hmm. So he may he may not be out of the the woods yet on this. Yeah, it's crap, and you know people should be able to record their government, uh, you know, in action. But and he, what the he claimed like when when asked about that, he said, "Well, I'm interested in protecting myself and my rights as well as as theirs because we need to have a an objective, you know, standard which is." What they're claiming. Objective standard (laughs) means the government. So after another, this is where he's been approached by, is his blog post recounting what happened after he's been approached by the man in the suit and threatened with $10,000 fine if he doesn't come back and continue the screening process. And he points out uh, rightfully that he was told that he needed to leave. Like the the government bureaucrats had escorted him out. It wasn't like he slinked away. Uh, so after another minute, he returned and asked me for my name. He said he needed it for a report, and uh, he was trying to help me out. I asked to what end. He reminded me I could be sued civilly and face a $10,000 fine, and that my cooperation could help mitigate the penalties that I was facing. I replied that he already had my information in the report that was taken earlier by the other uh, supervisor, and I asked if I was free to leave. I reminded him that he was now illegally detaining me and that I would not be subject to screening as a condition of leaving the airport. (laughs) He told me that he was only trying to help. 
Yeah, I should right. know. I'm helping you. I should know. Come that back here so I can help you yeah. some more. His demeanor never suggested that he was trying to help. <laughs> I was clearly being interrogated and that no one was forcing me to stay. I asked if, if because uh, he wasn't in handcuffs at that point or anything. He's just standing right. in the ticketing area. This is area. what I found was very interesting. The guy told him to stand right here. But, you know, he didn't, he didn't say, well, am I being detained? You know, what would have happened if he would have just walked out the door? Would they have sent the cop after him to tackle him and break his ribs? That's a good question. And there have been situations wherein we've seen some activists like Pete and Adam from LibertyOnTour.com when they were in Las Vegas and they come up to these cops and they're recording the cops that have pulled somebody over on the side of the road. They've got Pete and Adam both have video cameras. So they both approach this situation and the cops begin to zero in on them and harass them. And basically they just walk right away from that, even though the cops are, you know, directing their attention toward them and asking them questions they they know enough to know that they don't have to answer their questions mm-hmm. that they don't have to stand there and have a chat uh with the police that they can turn around and walk away and that is essentially but what that they lesson do. has come at expense you know of days sure. in jail sure. <laughs> and you know well you don't have to spend days in jail to learn you that could just lesson listen to free talk live you could just listen to <laughs> the what these people's question experiences is, are am i being detained am i, being am I free detained? to go that's am another one go? uh so he points out, he says, I asked if I, I asked, excuse me, I asked if I tried to leave, if he would have the officer arrest me. He again said that no one was forcing me to stay. So see you later. I, I looked him in the eye and said, then I'm leaving. He replied, then we'll bring a civil suit against you. To which I said, you bring that suit and walked out of the airport. Good for him. And good for, what is it, American Airlines for refunding his Ticket. Uh, supposedly non-refundable ticket, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that they did because this is this is the part of it that uh, really gets tough. I think on the uh, the opt-out day and what, what is it, November 24th? That, yes, um, that's right. We that, won't fly.com. We won't fly.com that they're recommending that you buy a refundable ticket and that way you can go and, you know, do whatever it is you do. That way there's no question that you'll get your money back. You'll right? get your money back because these um, you know, these airlines what they need to do is feel the pressure of what it's, they've just they've had their passengers diminish over time in mm-hmm. a small way. You know, the marketplace is speaking, but the marketplace speaks. You know, sometimes it can be speak more softly than an activist would. And if but then they, they actually have to hand out refunds. To yeah, people? if they actually see what kind of effect this is, how many more people just are sick and tired of the TSA because there's been a couple of airline air uh, ports that have opted out of the TSA. They're, they've hired their own uh, security, and apparently it's under operating under federal guidelines Mm -hmm. and that can be done and i'm sure you're going to get a lot better service than you're going to get from these officious bureaucrats who just want to be law they want very very badly to be real live law enforcement officers you know instead of just what they are you know there's just too many of them they're just they're just an impedance in getting on your plane there's well, I was in, I, I told you that I, that I went over to Europe back in the spring with the kids and, and going over there was no problem. It was easy as pie. Coming back, I was in uh, line and going through the process of, of um, immigration or whatever for uh, over two hours. And um, I felt real compassion for all of the military personnel. There were over 250 men and women coming back from Iraq and they were all, they had flown commercially. So they were, they were traveling en masse. And they were discouraged from talking to anyone. And, you know, less than 72 hours before, they'd been in Iraq or in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they were having, here, here they're supposedly fighting for our freedom, right? Right. 
And they were having to undress and go through the process Mm -hmm. at the same, you know, as well. Now, I'm not suggesting that they be treated differently. I'm suggesting that none of us be treated that way in the first place. It should be obvious that they aren't fighting for freedom. Yeah. Right. Right. This is what they're fighting for. They're fighting for the police state. And but they some of the looks on their faces, they were as shocked as as I was at even, you know, seeing this go on because some of the people have been over there long enough that they haven't. You know, they it's more know shocking it. for them because yeah. it's not as incremental, you know, yeah. to see the dissipation of their You know, what, let's what get the, your thoughts, these actually. people uh, in, in uniform refusing? That would be really powerful. Yeah, that'd be great. Let's talk to Stephen in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello, Stephen. Hey there. This is, uh, I've been calling you as Stephen from Florida for quite a long time now. I've uh, moved to Washington, unfortunately. You're going oh, the man. wrong way. Yeah, you're supposed to be up to <laughs> the northeast. Yeah, it's the exact opposite direction. And you know what? Almost to a mile, it's the same distance from Washington to Florida as it is from uh, Washington to New Hampshire. So I'll be looking forward to the exact same move uh, in terms of distance here in the next maybe uh, year or two. Oh, that'd be great. Great. So, so what were you calling about tonight, Stephen? Okay. Um... You know, you guys, you guys, uh, oh, is that the music? It is, but what were you calling about? We'd be happy to hang on to you. I was going to talk about the, uh, how I've convinced an army guys to be against the war. Oh, okay, I'd like to hear that story. So if you don't mind, hang through the news. We'll uh, come back. Uh, speaking of army guys, Stephen's got a story he wants to tell, and you're welcome to share yours with us as well about whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Again, that blog is at johnnyedge.blogspot.com, complete with his uh, YouTube videos if you want to actually see and hear what happened to him. More- MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various features you will find there completely free. freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site allows you, the listener, to control the content of the website. You can submit different uh, news items or blog posts or perhaps YouTube videos that you find online that you think are pretty interesting you want to share with our other listeners. You submit it to the site and then other listeners get to vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. Go to freetalklive.com and get interactive. As we continue here, uh, taking your phone calls about whatever you want. Stephen is in Washington. And, Stephen, you were about to tell us a story of your conversation with somebody who's in the military. Hello, are you there? Yeah, we're here. Go ahead with your oh, great. Uh, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, this happened. Now, I don't live in New Hampshire. I don't live in the free state or the soon-to-be free state yet. So most of my activism takes place online. Uh, I mean, it's kind of lame in a way, but as this case illustrates... It can be extremely productive. Um, this this guy, it started out with me saying something against uh, troop worshipers, people who worship the troops, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and treat them as if they're deified. Uh, you know, they die for your, you know, they, they die for you and things like that. 
Uh, and of course, it started with him saying, "If I was standing in front of him, he'd punch me in the face and all, all this stuff." But I didn't, I didn't react like you know, oh yeah, we'll bring it on, like you know, typical internet flame wars. I just very calmly, you know, started talking to him about violence and defensive violence and the difference between what he's doing uh, in his capacity as a military man and defensive violence and his oath and how come in his oath that he swore I'm a, I'm a vet myself uh, in his oath. He that always swore, helps, by the way, when you're having a conversation does, yeah. like that. It, it sure does. I mean, you know, they yeah. somehow or another, the people that are vets are you know, immune to Semper Fi or yeah, whatever, whatever. They're part of the club. What? Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, they're still hard on me. Don't get me wrong, but uh, they're, they'd be much harder on folks like you, for example. Yeah, I can never convince well them. aware of. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, I explained one of the things I explained to him was that the reason why, in your oath, you swear to uphold uh, and defend the Constitution first, and then it says, "Oh, and by the way, obey the, you know, the orders of your president and the leaders appointed above you." Uh, the reason why that is is because the people who wrote that, which I believe was the first Congress, if I'm not mistaken, knew that there could possibly come a day where the president and or the military leaders were the enemies of the Constitution that this soldier is uh, uh, swearing that he's going to defend the Constitution against. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? And and this has gone on for days. And just now, I have received an email from a Facebook message, actually, where he basically said, listen, you know, you're right. I, I can't get around it anymore. I, I have everything he's fired at me. I've batted out of the park. And, and my wow. I think that one of the things that helped was the fact that I was never outraged. I was calm the in, during the entire exchange, including at the beginning when he was making threats. And incidentally, an army wife, not his wife, but somebody else, I'm, I'm also, I'm about halfway to convincing her. Loving so, people to liberty like, is effective. Yeah, and the thing is, is I haven't really talked to him about the whole uh voluntarist thing or anything like that. I figured I'd give him a little, you know, spoonful, sort of like how I was. Sure, thinking. sure. So I've been talking to him about constitutionality more than anything else. Yeah, you have you to know. take people uh, step by step. I'm just amazed that uh, that it's honestly that it's that it's worked out. I've I've found that the online stuff just it wears me down before I'm willing to uh, you know <laughs> I I just don't have the the ener- the energy and the fortitude to stick with these folks. I'm usually like ah, just forget it. Yeah, I normally I'm the same way, but I've I've had about a uh, an on and off migraine for about four or five days, so I've just ended up sitting in front of the computer, and that has given me a lot of time, and and also it, it sort of forced me to be more patient because you know when you start getting yourself all riled up and emotional, when you have a migraine, well the migraine just gets worse. So yeah, <laughs> but normally yeah I don't even whatever. Oh, you're gonna kill me if you if I say this to your face. Okay, fine, delete. Well, good for you, Stephen, for sticking, you know, sticking it out and caring enough about him and freedom in general to um, to show him the light. <laughs> Great story. Anything yeah, else and, you want to share tonight? Well, just, just the fact that, unfortunately, this poor soul has to go back to Iraq soon. Mm. Oh, damn. That's the sad addendum. To well, the story. you know what? He'll take it. He'll take what he's learned and go over there and uh, 
and share that, and it'll make a difference. Hopefully. Thank you, Stephen, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Now, we've talked a lot about the TSA and the new body scanners uh, over the last week, uh, what with one of our co-hosts being uh, attempted to be shaken down by the TSA, refusing, and and now having the news media just climbing all over the place to uh, to try to get in touch with her. I guess... uh, like News 7 from Boston just showed up out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, she didn't even expect them to uh, – she had no idea who they were and they or that they were coming by, but they, they showed up. So she's still in demand. I know she's got more uh, interviews coming up this week. She's going to be on WSPD, which is one of our affiliates in Toledo, Ohio this week. And uh, she was just interviewed by two different TV stations today. This weekend she was on the New England Cable News Network or New, yeah, New England Cable News, I think. NECN uh, is what she was on, which is a New England-based news network. So she was featured there, and that was a very good piece. And you can see that over at freekeen.com. So the TSA certainly has been the subject of the discussion. But one of the things we've pointed out about these body scanners and the security state in general is that it's not going to end at the gate to the airport. It's not going to end at uh, the, the terminal. It's right. going to expand. Well, you can see that that's what's occurred over time. At one point, you were allowed to have bottles of water. Now you're not allowed to have bottles of water. At one point, I don't just mean in the airport. I mean I know, outside but the I'm airport. Just, you know, it, 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 you know, you can see the government program expand, bureaucracies expand. That's what they do, and. You know, people yep. people aren't thinking about it. They're thinking about what you know. What do I got to do to get through now? But just remember, this is what the TSA is going to do. They're going to expand their purview and expand their purview and expand their purview. And at what point is this organization that has not yet ever caught a terrorist going to just encapsulate your whole life? It's not just TSA now, though. We've got the Border Patrol in, in Southern California. Uh, stopped a friend of mine, Dr. Morrison, who I went to college with some 20-whatever years ago. And he's been living in Mexico for some time with his wife and children. And He ain't no real American. He's actually Canadian. <laughs> so he's Canadian living in Mexico, traveling to the United States to visit his mother. But mm-hmm. um, in any case, he's traveling up to uh, Palm Springs, which is pretty far south. And, and um, it's easier for him to take a bus because, as we've, you know, discuss the flights by the time you, you get to the airport wait an hour go there shuttle da 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 it, it's faster to drive so this last march he was traveling and um uh, at an at an un uh, specified stop or whatever uh, uh, what is the word i'm looking for it wasn't for. where he's intending to stop or it wasn't where he was intending to stop but it, it also wasn't, wasn't an actual stop okay. right um the uh, uh border patrol stopped the bus and brought everyone off of the bus and proceeded to go through everyone's things. They had the, um, and then assisting border patrol were army officers or army personnel. Men in fatigues. Men in fatigue. That's got to be disturbing. Very disturbing. They went through everyone's bags. They had dogs as well. Did not ask um, anyone's permission to do so. <laughs> they found a small bag of really? weed, confiscated the weed. No arrests were made. Keeping mm-hmm. us safe. Uh-huh. They had the backscatter machine going there and used it for the entire busload of people, which now, I'm not even sure. I don't know how tr- you know transportable those things are. That's what I was or- going to ask is where you said this was this was not a Greyhound stop. This was just some sort of police state stop, basically. Right. So was it one of those 
internal checkpoints. A where, Border Patrol checkpoint. So right. it wasn't one of their Border Patrol checkpoints. So, so it wasn't a Greyhound bus stop, but it was a right. Border Patrol checkpoint. So, there, so what you're saying is they actually have a backscatter machine installed at le- in at least one of the Border Patrol checkpoints right. that are internal. They're not on the border. These are the ones that are actually in the country. In California, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. And they had everybody go through the backscatter machine that was on the Greyhound bus. That's my understanding. Did yes, your friend, in March 2000, this last year. Last yeah. year. Did he opt out? Did he try to opt out? Did he know he could opt out? No one, opted, opt out? No one opted out. They were afraid because the the military personnel that were there. They'd be taken away and locked up in who knows who knows. They were where. told to put their cameras away. No one was allowed to have a camera. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 80 talk radio stations from Alaska to Florida. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation twice. And the number one political podcast on podcastawards.com four out of the last five years. You can have access to our 80 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there completely free. Uh, so head over there and do that. And you can enjoy things like our uh, bulletin board system. We can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners, all free over at BBS. Dot freetalklive.com. Mark, uh, we're going to do a Totasac giveaway coming up. But what is the Totasac? Totasac is a uh, it's a handle. It's a, like a little hook. Um, it, it's made out of recycled materials, and it's been made right here in the United States by Game Engineering in Bensonville, Illinois. And it's awesome for carrying back the groceries from the grocery store, whether it's from the grocery store into the car, from the car into the house, even from the house into the boat, uh, you know, whatever it is you need to carry grocery bags for. I find it extraordinarily useful. I just hook it into my back pocket when I go into the grocery store. I don't even need to worry about uh, taking a grocery cart out of the grocery store because I don't like to put it in the corrals or back in the grocery store or anything like that. It's totasac.us if you want to take a look at one of them. But you, you know, not only can you buy them, buy a family pack today, but uh, they're also available for your store if you want to sell them. It's totasac.us. All right. So coming up, your chance to win a two-pack of the Totasac. Stay tuned for that. We'll give you the phone numbers at the time. It will be a different number than our normal call-in number, which is 800-259-9231. You can comment on what you want. But, Michelle, you're telling us a story about a friend of yours who was riding on a Greyhound bus. That's and- correct. Unexpected, because again, most people don't expect to encounter the police state because they believe we live in a free country and then all of a sudden it just comes crashing in on them unless they've been paying attention, which most people don't. And I don't blame them because it's bad news and who wants to pay attention to that? Uh, But he unexpectedly is stopped on this Greyhound bus. The entire bus stopped by military men, by the Border Patrol and the military. Assisted by the U.S. military, correct. People in fatigues, as well as Border Patrol members, stopping this bus, demanding that everybody get off. Bags were searched. Correct. They actually, according to him, they actually had one of these backscatter machines at this checkpoint location. Yeah, and actually if you go to, um, it's a scrib.com it's a GAO website, and it's the Border Patrol report to Congress, and mm-hmm. um, and they talk about how the backscatter uh, 
checkpoints um, and at the northern border and the southern border have been very effective. So how many of these they have is another question. Uh, sounds like they've got more than a handful already being installed at these locations. So, hello, this is already, uh, it's already escaped the airports. We've known for a, a couple years now that the TSA has, maybe more than a few, a few years now, that the TSA has been doing occasional what they call their Viper teams, which just sounds like a friendly yeah, I love group that. of folks, uh, going out to uh, train stations and going to bus stations and screening people there. But normally the way they'll do it there is they'll come in and they'll set up for a day and then they'll go to another station or something like that. we all know that. People that ride in the bus, they aren't worth all the extra expense. Well, no, Mark. It's just that they haven't been able to justify expanding the TSA to include every single bus station or uh, you know train station. All they'll need they is a good bomb. It. They, they could do it anytime they wanted to. They could do it. But if, if somebody were to bomb a train station, it would make it a lot easier for yeah. them. I don't, know, uh, I don't know what it would take, but uh, you know, they, they definitely could do it anytime they want. So, And this just goes to show that it's, it's, it's gone beyond that. It has gone out to these random checkpoints that are showing up. It, excuse me, there are two different types of checkpoints. There are the permanent installations, like, you know, the million, two million, four million dollar installation that they actually have on the side of the road down there. On the, I don't know. There's some up, I guess, up north, but there's probably a lot more down south. And so there's the, the, there's those, and then there's the random ones where they'll just set up alongside of the road somewhere for a temporary period of time, maybe a few weeks, and they'll screen people as they're coming through. But did you know that they were actually being screened with a backscatter machine? They're starting to set these things up at these permanent installations. That's what they're doing. They literally are pulling people over when they're on the road and submitting them to the backscatter search. That's the police state that we live in. So, so you know, I mean, people are saying people would say, well, in the airport, you have the right. I was talking to somebody today. You have the right to drive. You have the right to take a bus. You have the right to take a train. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go through this stuff. Yes, Apparently, you do. that's not true. Well, we don't know if he had to. Who knows what they would have done if he'd refused. But either way, you have to go through something, right? Even if you can refuse the backscatter machine and they'll give you the the uh, the super pat down uh, at this the bus station or at the, the Border Patrol yeah, checkpoint. Yeah, I can't wait for that super pat down. I'm just dying for that thing. You, you still get molested or you get seen naked. And that's going to be the price of not just air travel, but apparently it's now the price of traveling through certain zones. Now, they haven't set these Border Patrol checkpoints up in the breadbasket yet, uh, but they are... Arizona and California are listed here as two yes. of the places. New Mexico uh, is also all along the southern border within 100 miles of the border and the northern border within 100 miles of that border. I'm talking about where there are backscatter. That, that we know of. Yes. Yes. Okay, but we don't know. I mean, they're likely trying to expand these, sure. and we know that these Border Patrol checkpoints are within 100 miles of the northern or southern borders. So, And they could just as easily expand that to places that uh, you know have ports, just because they feel, right. feel like it. Or they can just expand it to wherever the heck they want yeah, to, right. as they feel like it. I remember when Michael Badnarik spoke um, on the right to conveyance. I, it was years ago that I remember this, and um, it was his argument against uh, getting a driver's license, I believe. And um, and then in turn, the argument on the other side has to do with the Interstate Commerce Clause, which seems to be used 
about well anything justify lying, right yeah. <laughs> so it, at the end of this um report though it's pretty funny to me anyway it's this like, is your friend writing to you no actually this is the uh, gao contract oh i'm sorry okay. yes yeah. i'm sorry so um the border patrol is not yet using performance measures it has developed to examine the extent that checkpoint operations affect quality of life in surrounding communities the border patrol uses patrols and technology to detect and respond to uh, circumvention, but officials said that other priorities sometimes precluded positioning more than a minimum number of agents on checkpoint circumvention routes. So in other words, people have argued that the quote-unquote illegal aliens that are going to circumvent the Border Patrol and go through their yards, I guess, mm-hmm. are going to cause a great deal of damage to the environment. And so the uh, the Border Patrol is looking into that. I'm sure they'll look into it very quickly. <laughs> God, I'm sure they're very concerned. Yeah, leave a Snickers wrapper. <laughs> so that there you have it. I mean, what more needs to be said about this? The predictions are coming true that these border bureaucrats or the TSA are expanding out from the airports. The backscatter machines are now at bust uh, at uh, these border patrol stations, and there's no reason why they won't show up in a town near you someday. There's no reason why. It's more security, so-called. Of course, we all know it's security theater because it's not... You have the right to stay in your home. You don't have to go out and deal with this crap. (laughs) What will their excuses be now? Right. What will the excuses of the police state defenders be when we're being stopped as we're trying to go to work, as we're trying to go on a vacation without getting on an airplane. It's happening now. And also, something happening now is we're giving you a two-pack of the Totasac. Uh, That's tota- a segue. <laughs> That's going to help you bring the groceries back in from the car if the TSA doesn't confiscate them all at the uh, or the you know the border bureaucrats don't confiscate your donuts uh, <laughs> as they're going through your you're, they're going to start searching your vehicle on a regular basis as as more as they can get away with it they and already they come into your home for up to 29 days without letting you know 603-435-1105 uh, if you want to win the tota sack if you call in right now first caller gets it at 603-435-1105 free talk live DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you will find there completely free, including our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact with other Free Talk Live listeners as our chat room is built into the same page as the webcam. Go see and listen at cam.freetalklive.com. The cam is brought to you by Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, 
at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In some cases, they can do that private labeling overnight. In stock, ready to ship, memorydealers.com. 800-259-9231. 800-259-9231. We continue here uh, with your phone calls about what you want. Nick is in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Michelle, and Mark. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, I'm here to talk about loving people to liberty. Okay, sure. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that struck a chord with me because uh, I was a Democrat for most of my life until 2007, and then I was converted by the Ron Paul campaign. Mm. And what made a difference there is that Ron Paul made a lot of the same arguments that you hear from, you know, typical Republicans, like how low taxes is how you grow jobs and welfare creates unemployment. But he made them clearly and non-combatively. And that's very different even from what I see from a lot of libertarians. Mm. You know, he explained the libertarian philosophy without the vitriol. You know, he didn't call cops thugs. Or, well, you know, hold on. He didn't do that at age 70-something, but he sure did when he was 40. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it, really? it, 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 yeah, he was a wild thing. Well, whatever's effective, what, what was effective for him at the time is valuable, and I, I think that uh, you know that f- for me, I believe that what um, I want to do is I want to show people, even the caller, because what we we did early on in Free Talk Live is we used we'd beat the caller up in order to show the rest of the world how dumb they were and their position was. But over time, I've come to the idea that I would, in fact, I want to do is I want to convince the caller too. I'm by no means good at it. Um, you know, I've, I, I still quickly lapse into the, uh, the sort of com- combative role, but I'd like to get better. Oh, well, you know what I'd recommend uh, for you, Mark, or for anybody <laughs> out there that is uh, wanting to increase their ability to effectively communicate the ideas of liberty. Uh, I was reading on my flight, actually, as we were going out to L.A. for the uh, convention that we went to recently, the talk convention. I was reading Secrets of Libertarian Persuasion by Michael Cloud. Now, it's written in a very uh, kind of, well, small government mentality uh, way, sort of like the, the typical libertarian that you might think of. Um, but I, there's some really useful tactics and techniques in there as far as empathizing with the person that you're you're talking to and, and different you know verbal that's the only thing that, that's the only thing that works is feeling you know is, is approaching the other person on the level of their their heart yeah and there's a lot of good tips and suggestions in there I, I used to actually listen there it originally was an audio tape series way back when when we had audio tapes and I actually had them and really enjoyed it they then turned it into a book and so now it's available for anybody to get their hands on through the Advocates for Self-Government at theadvocates.org. It's uh, really packed full of useful suggestions. And when you sit there and read that book, even if you've been communicating the ideas for a decade, you'll just you'll feel ashamed of yourself. Like, man, I am just terrible at, uh, at this and I need to get better. So because he's got some great ideas. Anyway, go ahead with your thoughts, uh, Nick. Yeah, I think my parents might uh, be, be coming around to the idea. We just found out today... Um, we're having a new addition built onto our house, and it's opened up a whole can of regulatory worms. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we found out that our uh, house is not up to code. It turns out that uh, according to the local laws, we have to have a smoke detector in every bedroom and within 15 feet outside of every bedroom. Well, did you is, think you owned your house? <laughs> yeah, Jeez. no kidding. Well, you know, and the funny thing is, and th- this really it brings it home for people, is, oh, my God, we've been living in this house all our lives. Who yeah. knew that we were, uh, you know, teetering <laughs> on the parapets of death? <laughs> 1998, that was when the, those laws went into effect, and apparently it 
never came up until now. So you actually had some sort of uh, government inspector come in and he noted all these things? Well, no, it was an electrician, uh, from the, a subcontractor from the building company. And uh, I don't know why. It, it was kind of weird why he was going around lo- looking through our house for all these things because they're just you know building on an addition. No, I no, didn't. it's not weird. I think he wants he the makes business. A, a lot of money doing this, and uh, you know the the people that are in his industry that managed to lobby the government for these regulations. Well, they 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 went through a lot of work in order to make him a lot of money. So. Yep, yep. Looks like you're going to need some smoke detectors here. I'm, I'm sorry, it's the law, and I can't I can't do this upgrade for you unless your house is up to code. So before we're going to do this addition and run the electrical for the addition, we're going to have to get you these uh, these smoke detectors. Now I can go and get them for you and install them for just fifty dollars a pop. Nope. Please, they want to wire these, hardwire these things in. They oh, yeah. don't like the battery ones anymore. They could fail. The batteries could fail. Uh, this, so uh, this yeah. is more like fifteen hundred dollars worth of work, not <laughs> five, not not five. Now, what's especially funny about it is the reason why you have to have one inside the bedroom in addition to within fifteen feet. It's in case you can't. If it's in case you're in the bedroom and you can't hear the one that's right outside <laughs> your door. Good lord! But, but the thing or is smell that, the smoke, or hear the dog barking, or any yeah. of those yeah, things. Yeah, no kidding. But the thing is that. Like in our house, uh, the acoustics are such that from almost any room in the house, you can hear just about anything that goes on anywhere. But you could have the music turned up really loud, and then you would need it in that very same room. You could you could be a very very heavy sleeper. You could sleep like you're in a coma. What if the yeah, what if the music is too loud? Maybe they need to have. I remember when I was in school, they had these horrible. Uh, incredibly bright flashing lights that were attached to the fire uh, alarms. They probably didn't have this when you were in school, Mark, but uh, no. the... Some guy just beat on a drum. They had the klaxon uh, that you, you might be used to with a fire alarm, but yeah. there was, like, the lights were so bright, it was almost <laughs> blindingly bright. Yeah. Uh, maybe they need to put those in your bedroom, too, just to make sure, in case you have the, the music up too loud or you having too deaf. much of a good time. Or maybe to make sure that I can't make it out of the house. I'm telling you, it was just it's so distracting and so obnoxious. So, uh, so what else happened? I mean, is it basically to the point where he cannot or he can't do the work that you want him to do until these problems are corrected, or will he not care? Well, about I don't, that? I don't know the details about that. I was just listening in on the conversation from afar. I see. It's not your house; it's your parents' house. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. So what else did you want to share? Uh nope. That's pretty All much right, it. Thanks, Nick, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Paul is in West Virginia, listening to WVTS. Hello, Paul. Hey, I just wanted to, you know, mention that you know, until the United States of America and our country gets used to profiling, and some people would call that discrimination, um, which I think is, you know, it's kind of bogus. And get used to it. Uh, the the Greyhound. Uh, system in our country right now is an easy target it's an easy mark and until um why is profiling going to make it a less easy mark well and what are you going to do with these look, buses if we look if we look at uh profiling in airports and if we look at the attacks on america and i want to use uh unabomber and, and ted kaczynski as an example those were local hits you know, these are just some psychotic individuals out there. They're anti-government. And if I look at the World Trade Centers, that's a that's a that's a United States hit. And if I was to compare that to some psychotic out there as an American standpoint, uh, American against the United States government attacking a government building in Oklahoma City versus attacking the World Trade Center, what what caused the most death? Was it a person of American descent, 
or was it a person of, you know, a, a light tanned skinned, uh, skinned American? Are, are you suggesting um, what? What are you suggesting when you mention profiling? Like, what do you got in mind exactly? Well, if you and I are an American and we're going through the same scenario, you mean white? Israel, when you say Americans, do you mean white? Uh, I want to use uh, American. Hmm. Well, wait a second. May I ask you what color are you? Uh, I am. I'm white. You're white. Well, my kids are white, but they're actually African, and they've got half Arabic names and half non-Arabic names. And should they be profiled? Well, I hate to, I hate to say that if you're looking at the attack of what is happening to people. The United like States government have, has killed more people than All any, the terrorists any Muslims. Right. I'll tell you what, Paul, I want you to hang on. I want you to explain your vision for uh, this profiling because I'm not still not clear. It's free talk live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, we have enough time for you. 800-259-9231 is the number. That's 1-800-259-9231. And tonight it's Ian. Michelle. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there for you, including our mobile site, m.freetalklive.com. Get you there through your smartphone. Uh, quick, quick access to our streams and podcast m.freetalklive.com and don't forget that uh, you can help promote Free Talk Live. Just go to promote.freetalklive.com get a list of things you can do, web banners and flyers and calling a local radio station and things that you can do to get Free Talk Live to more people's ears around the world promote.freetalklive.com You know, when Christmas time rolls around, it's nice to be able to get gifts to, for, for the people on your list that promote the ideas of liberty. Now, for the first time, there's a novel showing how liberty can realistically triumph. It's called Progress. You can go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and uh, just look up Progress by Charles Stample, and it'll come right up there. Or you can go on FreeTalkLive.com. The banner's on the right-hand side of the page. I've read the book. I think that uh, it's got some really great lines in it for succinctly explaining the ideas of liberty to people. So don't just get it for a friend. Get it for yourself. It's Progress, a novel. And uh, you can go to get it at Amazon.com. All right. 800-259-9231. And so we're going to continue. Paul is here with us in West Virginia listening to WVTS. Paul, are you still there? Yes, sir. All right. So you had called in to uh, suggest that Americans, if they are sick and tired of all this TSA stuff, should get used to the idea of profiling. And I just wanted to kind of have some idea of what was what it was you were referring to. What do you have in mind as far as your vision for what things should be like with, uh, you know, profiling? Okay, I, I don't I don't argue the fact that, you know, I think that, you know, as our military base is over 130 across the world, we are definitely intrusive. Yes. And I can see where we could we could form a lot of enemies because of that. I mean, uh, my attitude Indeed. is let's pull all these resources back into the country, protect all of our borders and every state surrounding every every water that we have. And, you know, imagine the defense that we could have. So do you support then? The, then now I'm glad we agree at least to the point of pulling the troops back from the other countries. I agree with that. Uh, but then does that mean you support the internal checkpoints that the uh, Border Patrol is doing? Well, unfortunately... Unfortunately, I have to support the internal checkpoints from a, uh, a, a safety standpoint of view. Are you in the military? 
I, I can't discuss that with you, ma'am. Were you but unsafe a decade ago? I mean, are you somehow unsafe now, but you weren't you weren't before? I mean, we've we haven't had border checkpoints or these internal checkpoints, which are not actually on the, the so called border. Uh, they're within a hundred miles of it. We've had these uh, checkpoints now for a few years, but we didn't have them back you know a decade ago or two decades ago. Or things less safe sure. now. No, no, sir, we did not, but we'd also, we also did not have two buildings blow up in the middle, middle of New York oh. City. But the, the buildings blew up, like you said, from our foreign policy. If we, if we pulled the troops back and said, hey, everybody, we're sorry, I think we'd have a lot better time. You know, like maybe they wouldn't be targeting us and perhaps they'd be going, going on and targeting things that are a bigger issue to these, you know, the, the radicals there that want to take over the governments in the Middle East. They don't want our government. They want their own. Correct. So and then, so well, wait, 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 hold on. What part of that was correct? Was it that you agree that if the United States military would pull back and come back to the United States, that we wouldn't need the internal checkpoints anymore? I don't, I don't, I don't. I think it would, it would slow it. But we're still going to have an enemy force out there. So you're all right then, as Which long enemy as there's force. Are you referring to? As long as there's this, well, the t- specter of terrorism, right? Yes. Right. As long as there's this uh, this nebulous specter out there of terrorism, then that's the excuse to completely create a police state here in this country. And you'd you would use the uh, the U.S. military to assist in that police state, right? They'd, you'd rather have them here uh, being part of the police state than in other countries, uh, you know, policing those countries, right? Well, you're always going to have an attack of evil upon good and a good upon. Wait, evil. wait, wait, wait. Where's the good? That is going to be up to an individual decision. Yeah, I don't see the government as being good because they do evil. They steal from people and they threaten people and they hurt people. I'm not saying the people that crashed the planes into the towers were good either. That's just evil responding to more evil. Uh, So maybe if the U.S. government were to, as you suggested, pull their troops back and then get rid of the uh, all these stupid security measures that do nothing more than inconvenience me and inconvenience business and inconvenience humans from getting from point A to point B, maybe we'd actually have a better economy because people could get around and do things uh, without having to deal with officious bureaucrats nosing into their business and you know, their belongings. You know, when they have these checkpoints at, on the road and stuff, why don't they take my bottled water there? You know, they take my <laughs> bottled water on the airplane and they throw it away so that I have to go buy another bottle of water don't once give I get them beyond ideas, it. Please. But, desert, but why don't they take hot. my bottle? of water in the car. It I wouldn't mean, be safe for you to be out in the desert with that your water. For God's sakes, I walk around the streets with bottles of water. I could be, I don't know, watering things. Could be acid in that bottle of water. You could spray it it's on It's just someone. so remarkably stupid. You understand the same flaming morons that work for the TSA and they're all their stupid rules. They're going to be the same ones that are inconveniencing us on the road. Well, no. Right? He wants the military to do that, Mark. But the military, Wait. I mean, you're okay, talking so about 19-year-olds we were- that couldn't do a job anyplace else. We were talking about good and evil, dark and light. And okay. do you do you agree that there is only one way to remove darkness, and that is to shine light? So if in fact, do you agree, Paul? Is, Wait a minute. Do you agree with that? I'm still here. I'm still here. Well, what well, scientific you know, truth? It's true. Just making sure. You asked him if he agreed. Let, let him go on. We, we've, ma'am. Yes. Ma'am, if if I want to tie it into the end times of humanity, these prophecies that are happening today have to happen in order for the end-time prophecies to occur. Oh, so are you we, want to hurry you, it up. Are you a biblical scholar? Ma'am. <laughs> what? Well, I am. I'm just trying to know who I'm. Who my opponent is in this discussion right now and whether or not 
you were referencing possibly the rapture. You went to seminary school, or, right? I did. I, I did. Put it this way, ma'am. I, I live in a I live in a in a in a in a room in the woods of West Virginia. Well, not a room, but a decent sized house with a lead base lead uh, base and aluminum back casing. Oh. And, with yeah, a what? You know, pretty far out there when it comes to. Um, and plus, I live you know pretty much in the middle of hundred hundred acres of land. Got himself a bunker. Out in the middle of the woods. So, no, I'm not one of those crazy people out there. But let's just say, you know, I, I've had my times and I've had my shares, and I, I see what where things are going and what's happening in our world and our country. I think that storing food and having, um, you know, weapons to protect your property and yourself is it, that there's nothing that that's actually a, a positive and a good thing. But wait, aren't so, you saying to bring on like the mark of the beast and to bring on the police state tyranny so we can have the rapture or something like that? Isn't that what you're saying? Like hurry things uh, up. So I, I've I've had discussions with people before. Um, like so let's say the rapture already occurred, and we're the ones left to defend the rest of the world. Oh, that better not be the case. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm not a Christian, I'm so. Sorry. Okay, I'm but sorry. let's get let's get back to this for a second because you were talking good and evil and dark and light and everything and the profiling. How is separating? Uh, people into ethnic groups, anything other than a setup for genocide. Okay. No, I'm, I'm that, not okay. How is it anything other than a setup for a potential genocide? We live in a fallen world, and there is genocide that goes on over Africa many times with special operations in Somalia. The destruction that has happened within this world. We're talking about the United States. So let's and have some profiling. genocide here. They do it over there. Let's have our own genocide. Great idea. No, really, what do you want to do about the profiling? I mean, you want to have like a separate line for Muslims at the airport? What do you got in mind? Okay, well, if I'm going to look at a, if I'm if I am a United States government official and I have a list, which of I think you are, no, God, and I on. have a list, a list of individuals. And I'm an investigator, and, I, and, and the list of individuals all fall into this certain profile. And I don't like to use the words black hair and tan skin. Keep in mind, I'm Italian. Okay. And 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 um, so I fit that profile. Right. So only if it's a boo or a beeb or something like that, right? And if I was to go through this photographic list of people that are on this list, 90% of them will fit black hair, light, dark-skinned people. I'm sorry. And if I you you haven't to told me what you want to do with that list. Like, what do you want to do to those folks? I was an investigator, and I wanted to try to, to, to target the most likely candidate that is going to make an attack on the United States of America. I'm sorry about that. Your light tan skin color. So I'm let sorry. all the white people uh, through. White and black people can go through, but uh, the dark tan skin folks that aren't black, they can go through. Let the Mexicans through. Maybe no, you probably wouldn't like that, would you? We'll stop let, two of my three no. kids, but the one that's more fair than me, the redhead. I wish we had more time to talk to you about this, Paul. It's very interesting. I would love to know what your vision is, because you didn't really describe your vision. You just talked about how you want to profile. You didn't really describe what you want to see happen as far as the profiling is concerned. Should everybody just be able to walk through the security checkpoint unless they're brown, in which case then they're pulled aside into the special Muslim checkpoint? That's what I'd like to know. Maybe Paul can call us back tomorrow night. We can talk further about it. But we're out of time for tonight. See you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com in the meantime. 
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. Another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me a, a very special guest. His name is Lawrence Reed. Lawrence, are you there? Yes, I am. Now, Lawrence, you, uh, you're you affiliated with the uh, Foundation for Economic Education, FEE, for most people who are sort of in the liberty movement. That is correct. I'm the president and have been since uh, September of 2008. Very good. Now, you wrote an article, and I think it's I think it's a great one, and it's an important one for people to uh, to know something about. I've uh, read the first portion of it. I haven't made it all the way through, but you know, when someone's a, a new convert to the ideas of liberty, they're they're going to go out and they're going to spread their little message to people. They're going to talk to people who are close to them, and and it isn't going to take very long at all before some sophomore is going to pipe up with, "Oh yeah, well the free market caused the Great Depression, didn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very common. Very common. And the next common thing that happens is the person kind of they knows that they know it's not true. They know that the government had a lot to do with it, but they really don't know how or why, and they kind of stammer. And uh, I mean, this is this is exactly what's happened to me. <laughs> this is not an easy question to deal with. No, that's right. Uh, fortunately, in the last uh, five or ten years, a great deal of scholarship has poured forth that answer this myth uh, that uh, the Great uh, Great Depression was caused by the free market and FDR saved us from it. Uh, and so I think views are changing on that, but it's going to take a little time before the record is completely corrected. Yeah, that's pretty much the view. The view is is that uh, the changes that, that FDR made not only stopped the Great Depression, which, you know, could have rolled on into, into eternity, I assume, but they also, you know, they've made the world better today. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's the view that most people are raised uh, uh, in school to hear and uh, go into adulthood assuming it was in fact the case. But nothing could be further from the truth. The Great Depression was caused by government intervention, and it was it persisted and was prolonged because of, of further foolish government intervention. So. Um... Can you kind of, uh, you know, give give people an idea of what it is that, uh, you know, how this is so and, um, you know, how they can combat, uh, you know, combat's not, not the term I want to use, how they can rebut these uh, these kind of claims? For sure. I think it's important to understand that what made the beginning of the Great Depression happen uh, was uh, intervention by government in monetary or money and credit matters. And then subsequent actions of Congress made it even worse. But from about 1924 until late 1928, the uh, Federal Reserve System pumped up the money and credit supply by more than 60%. This was the time of the Roaring Twenties. Mm -hmm. uh, interest rates were dirt cheap. A lot of the newly created money found its way onto the stock market and into a land boom in Florida. Uh, we saw all the classic signs of a boom of being artificially created by inflation of money and credit. Yeah, now the people. Late oh, I'm, so, I, I'm sorry, I oh, just wanted ahead. to pipe in. Uh, this has got to be very similar to the housing bubble of uh, the you know the, the the early to the early aughts there, where um, you know people are out buying houses just on speculation. You mentioned the Florida housing boom. Um, I'm from Sarasota, Florida. John Ringling was uh, is central in that area for this this kind of thing, and people of the upper middle class and kind of middle classes were buying second houses. Um, they were buying yeah. you know they're buying them up on speculation. 
speculation because these houses were just going up, up, up in value. That's right. And uh, the Federal Reserve uh, was keeping its foot on the accelerator and expanding the money and credit supply substantially from about the time of 9-11 in 2001 uh, through about 2006 or so. And uh, we had rock-bottom interest rates. Uh, you know, we had uh, a genuine artificial uh, boom that sooner or later would have to come to an end, and of course it did. And that was the, the case in the 1920s as well. Uh, the Federal Reserve began to change its policy dramatically in very late 1928 from one of expansion of money and credit to one of contraction. I mean, they raised interest rates dramatically, uh, and what will happen is uh, from 1929 till 1933, uh, the money supply actually contracted by about a third. Hmm. Now, wouldn't that yeah, so, uh, that that would be deflation, um, as as I understand it, and that would cause prices to generally to go down. That's right. And they did substantially in that time because of the uh, deflation of the money supply. Now, some people like to look at that and say, well, you know, having inflated, then uh, it was only proper for the Fed to let the air out of the balloon by deflating. But that's a little like saying, uh, you know, once a man gets run over by a truck, the truck should put it in reverse and uh, back up over him. If you want to know why the economy goes through these ups and downs, look at monetary policy. In the late 20s, you had this rapid expansion followed this, by this dramatic uh, contraction. That's why you had first a boom in the roaring 20s, followed by uh, a bust. But if nothing else had happened, we might have uh, seen some recovery in 1930. But then Congress intervened and made the situation uh, much worse than it was. So um, then, so you have the, 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 essentially the business cycle occurred, just like it did with the housing bubble. And yeah. then, then what occurred after that? Well, you know, the stock market fell apart in October of 29, and a lot of people mistakenly think that was the start of or the cause of the Great Depression. But right. it was just reflecting... That, yeah, it was just reflecting what the monetary authorities were doing. Right. The suggestion there is is that um, you know that the, that the economy is the stock market, and it's not. Yeah, you it, know, the stock market's no, like an no. investment vehicle. That's right, and it's a kind of thermometer in that it does measure uh, what the money and credit authorities are doing. And it fell apart in the fall of '29 because it was reflecting the the fact that the Fed, the Federal Reserve System, had uh, pricked the bubble, and now things were uh, headed in the other direction. But, you know, by the spring of 1930, uh, after that big stock market crash, the stock market actually rebounded and regained half of the ground that it had lost. Hmm. And unemployment uh, at the uh, in, in June of 1930 was only about 8.5%. So we didn't have a depression yet. Uh, many months after the stock market crash, we only had a recession. Hmm. But what made it much worse in June of 1930 was what Congress did. They passed the uh, Smoot-Hawley tariff, which raised uh, tariffs to an all-time high on foreign goods, virtually closing the border, igniting a worldwide trade war in June of 1930, and that quickly took a recession and made it a full-scale depression. I see. So we couldn't get cheap foreign goods um, here for people to you know, survive on and, and, and make a life with. Yeah, what, what that means is what, you, you cannot close the door to imports without sooner or later closing the door to exports. Right. That's not going to take uh, too long. And, and that's right. If foreigners can't sell here because our tariffs are so high, 
then they can't earn the dollars that they need to buy here. Uh, but on top of it, uh, what made matters even worse was that foreign governments simply retaliated. Uh, they said, okay, if America wants to put higher tariffs on our goods, we'll put higher tariffs on their goods. Yeah, that makes the sense. World, uh, you know, world trade just ground to a halt, and any American export industries were hard hit because foreigners uh, couldn't sell here and therefore couldn't buy here. Okay, so um, so what happened next? Well, uh, in 1932, with a full-scale depression well underway and unemployment uh, in the vicinity of 20%, the uh, Congress took a further step over the abyss when it passed the Revenue Act of 1932. Now, think about this, uh, Mark. This is in the midst of a terrible depression. They doubled the income tax. Well, that's uh, a great idea. When they passed the Revenue Act. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. They thought that uh, it would help close the budget deficit, which clearly had gone through the roof because they didn't want to reduce spending, but revenues had fallen because of the, uh, of the depression. But, of course, in the midst of a depression, you raise the costs of doing business and you slap individuals with higher income taxes. All you do is reduce revenue to the government further because uh, people just don't invest, they don't hire, they don't... Uh, uh, rev up their businesses and they go broke. You know, this is one of the uh, the real the real sort of bugaboos about the um, the you know, fiat currency in general and the way the government works. And I'm sure it works in other nations the same way. Is that when you know when when things are going well, nobody really cares about the budget deficit or the well not the deficit as much as the debt. Um, you know, deficits add up to the debt, as as I'm sure you know. <laughs> so yeah. nobody cares about the the federal debt. When things are going well, it's when things are going poorly that everybody wants to get their, uh, you know, their their house in order, and they see the federal government's house as well, out, way out of order because that's sort of the nature of government, and they 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 think well that we should get this should be gotten in order, so they you know they they think about these things that's this time. I mean that, that's what the Republicans are essentially doing. That's why they're in now, um, and it's it, it, it's not a good idea. I mean you know if you if you're gonna have a fiat currency, don't try to you know pay off the, the debt at the bottom of a recession. No, and in any event, uh, curtail your spending, especially in difficult times, yeah. because now that, that runs counter to prevailing wisdom today. A lot of people think, you know, that when government spends more, it somehow stimulates. Well, the 1930s experience ought to have taught us that that's not the case at all. It doesn't work. Uh, we had uh, a phenomenal spending spree for the rest of the decade under Franklin Roosevelt, but we didn't have recovery until World War II or later. So the New uh, Deal fact, didn't didn't get us out. I mean, the New Deal is what's supposed to supposedly drug us out by our nostrils out of the uh, out of the depression. I mean, did it have no effect at all? Oh, it did have an effect, but as two economists at uh, UCLA showed a few years back, uh, it probably prolonged the depression by a good seven years. In 1933, Roosevelt's first year in office and the beginning of the New Deal, uh, he uh, and the Congress uh, got together and passed the uh, National Industrial Recovery Act, which was intended to stifle competition. And they organized business along the lines of cartels and monopolies. Uh, an example of, of the harm that this did involves uh, a famous story of a uh, New York City or New Jersey tailor by the name of... Um, Jack Magid, he was prosecuted under the National Industrial Recovery Act for pressing a suit of clothes for 35 cents instead of the government-mandated price of 40 cents. 
Well, oh, just imagine it. You know, in the midst of the depression, you're lucky if you've got a suit of clothes to have pressed. Here's a guy who says he'll do it for 35 cents. He goes to jail because he didn't charge you 40. Well, that's what the the act was doing across the economy, trying to force prices up uh, under threat. And that didn't uh, produce recovery at all. It only sent unemployment uh, even higher. And at the same time, they passed the Agricultural Adjustment Act, which levied a new tax on agriculture and used the money to pay for the destruction of perfectly good fields of corn and wheat and cotton and the destruction of perfectly healthy cattle, sheep, and pigs. And, and all this is because the tariffs, the Smoot-Hawley the Smoot Tariff Act, had driven a, basically driven the United States out of the world market, and they couldn't sell like they do now. I mean, you know, the United States has been called the breadbasket of the world um, because we provide food all over the world. So essentially the Smoot-Hawley Smoot Tariff Act uh, made it so that nobody wanted to buy our goods and services and pigs. And we just – basically the federal government was taxing agriculture in order to destroy agriculture because we had too much. Yeah, Smoot Hawley just deprived mark, uh, farmers of about a third of their markets, which had been overseas. Yeah, and with uh, plunging farm prices, then they came in and said, "Well, the, the, the way to get those farm prices up <laughs> is to d destroy supply," and it, that's ridiculous. I mean, no economist worth his salt would ever advise uh, to, that to get an economy uh, recovering, you you just go find things that people have invested in and produced things of value and destroy them. But that's exactly what it did. And the economy uh, was sent reeling under the impact of the AAA, the Agricultural Adjustment Act, and the National Industrial Recovery Act until the Supreme Court threw them both out around 1935, 36. Uh, hmm. So, um, is that the was that the extent of the damage of the the New Deal? I mean, where's where's the Wagner Act fit, fit into all this? Oh, well, that comes in as well. But uh, there's a lot more damage okay. aside from that too. You, Fill you me had, in, uh, Roosevelt. You had Roosevelt raising taxes uh, all throughout the decade. When he came into office, he campaigned against Herbert Hoover for, among other things, having raised taxes. But he inherited a top income tax rate of 65%, which he, in short order, would take as high as 91%. Yeah. And at, at, at one point, Roosevelt even uh, proposed a 99% top income tax bracket, because that when makes Congress sense. Wouldn't give in. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, who, who would work? Uh, but then when Congress wouldn't give him one that high, he came back and in retaliation by executive order, he imposed a 100 percent income tax rate on all incomes over twenty five thousand dollars. Well, fortunately, Congress uh, overrode that. But this is the kind of environment that Roosevelt was creating in the 1930s, penalizing enterprise, attacking business people raising taxes, imposing uh, cartelization Crazy. through the NIRA, yeah, destroying uh, crops and cattle. It's no wonder that on the eve of the Second World War, we were still deep in depression. And in fact, in 1937, you mentioned the Wagner Act, uh, that particular piece of legislation will be partly responsible for giving us a depression within a depression. Uh, in 1937, the economy, uh, which had shown some signs of life after the Supreme Court threw out the worst of FDR, uh, takes another deep dive and unemployment exceeds 20 percent again. And that's because the Wagner Act uh, was passed, which gave enormous new powers to organize labor and produce a wave of militancy, a doubling of the number of uh, man hours uh, that were lost due to strikes. Uh, we also had 
uh, Roosevelt's 1937 uh, um, undistributed profits tax, uh, where he took a huge chunk of uh, profits from American companies that they didn't distribute to their shareholders. That would normally be a good source of uh, capital internally for uh, improvements and growth. But he took uh, about a third of undistributed profits in the form of this uh, hefty tax in 1937. Now, I've got some Uh, questions. Uh, You know, when they say that, of course, this 90 percent tax bracket is gone um, and it's been gone. I I guess Reagan got rid of it. Is that right? Well, uh, no, actually, it uh, was cut to 70 percent by John Kennedy. And then Reagan cut it from 70 uh, down to. 28%. 28%. Okay. Now, um, but when you look at all the taxes, now I, I imagine that the income tax was, was you know, largely the tax that existed. And I wonder what states existed on at that time. And I mean, because when you look at the sales tax and the property tax and all these other taxes, at that point, does it make any sense to even work at 90% income, an income tax bracket? And have obviously we have more taxes now. Have we regained the 90% income tax bracket by having a bunch of different different taxes that essentially add up to that? Uh, no, we're nowhere near that okay. uh, 91% all-time high in the income tax rate. But the overall burden of government as a share of, uh, of gross uh, domestic product is uh, extraordinarily high and getting higher. There's no question about that. But on the income tax, at least, those rates have never been as high as they were uh, before John Kennedy began to bring them down. Got it. Okay, uh, so the the Wagner Act uh, basically gives us a depression inside a depression. Um, so, you know, we've got a general overview of what happened here. Now, how did World War II pull us out of the depression? I mean, that's the that's the claim there. Um, and every other war has uh, shoved us into one. Yeah, that's the claim that World War II finally ended the depression, but uh, it's really not not the case. Uh, in in one sense. Uh, you know, by getting rid of uh, 11 million unemployed, <laughs> sending them to Europe, it made the numbers look better. But if by depression you look at such things as uh, uh, the general standard of living, consumer welfare, that didn't improve during the war. If anything, it actually declined. Unemployment went down, uh, but that was largely because of where we uh, uh, were sending our men by the, by the millions mm-hmm. overseas. Uh, domestic unemployment uh, went down, but... Um, uh, but the overall economic situation really didn't improve very much. During the war years, we had rationing, we had price controls, uh, industry, instead of making uh, washers and dryers and automobiles for consumers, was busy making uh, war material, which arguably you've got to have to win a war, but don't confuse that with uh, you know general standards of living. It wasn't until after World War II that we really got a boom in the economy and improvement in uh, in economic and personal welfare. Now, a lot of people, uh, you know, love to say, well, um, you know, when government spends, it stimulates. But if they want to argue that, they've got to accept the other side. If it doesn't spend, then supposedly it uh, doesn't stimulate. And yet we saw after World War II the biggest reduction in U.S. government uh, spending in American history. And the economy went up, not down. So who did that? Truman, or why did that happen? Well, it's not an exaggeration to say that uh, you know, Roosevelt passed away in April of '45. Yes, and it's not an exaggeration to say that uh, uh, the economy finally recovered when Franklin Roosevelt didn't, <laughs> uh, yeah. because after he was gone, uh, Harry Truman 
uh, was a, he, his administration was friendlier to enterprise than Franklin Roosevelt's was. Not very uh, friendly Truman to didn't. life in general, but friendly to enterprise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he got rid of some of the more radical New Dealers. He, he wasn't out there on a weekly basis condemning American business people. Uh, so that helped. But the single most helpful thing after the war uh, for the economy, aside from this massive reduction in government spending, was uh, a reduction in the corporate income tax from 90% to 38%. In one fell swoop, uh, the corporate income tax went from a high of 90% to just 38% in 1945. Now, if you're an investor, if you're a businessman, and you're contemplating taking a risk, you've got some capital, uh, and all of a sudden, instead of the government taking 90% of your, of your return, it's only going to claim 38%. All of a sudden, you're going to be a bit more optimistic about uh, investing. Things and look a little so better. That, that helped a great deal. And that happened under Truman, yes. Not because he pushed it. The Congress pushed it on him, but he did sign it into law. So if you're um, so you're you're a newly uh, converted libertarian and you've got your, you know, uh, your your older brother that says, oh, no, that's not true. The Depression, uh, you know, the, the fact is that Roosevelt uh, managed to get us out of the Depression with the New Deal or, you know, whatever. What are the myriad of things that people say regarding the Depression being caused by capitalism? I hate that term capitalism, but being caused by a, a largely free market or a lar- uh, freer market. How do you rebut that and do it quickly? I mean, is your answer just the Smoot-Hawley Act, or you know, where, where do you go from that? Well, if I only had a minute or two, I would start by saying, you don't have to take my word for it. Why don't you listen to Henry Morgenthau, who was Franklin Roosevelt's Treasury Secretary, who in 1939, six years after the New Deal began, uh, said publicly that they had spent like drunken sailors, but none of it had worked. Hmm. That unemployment was as high as ever. Uh, I mean, this is this is Roosevelt's right-hand man at the Treasury. Uh, and then from there, I would go on to point out that it, it, the New Deal didn't produce recovery. The numbers aren't there. Don't don't indicate that it did. And largely because it was taxing and regulate American uh, regulating American enterprise to death. Got it. I mean, if you go back to Smoot Hawley raising the income tax in '32 under yeah. Hoover. And then Roosevelt's uh, interventions all dramatically raised the cost of doing business and kept us in depression until after the war. You know, it's this. This is the kind of uh, this is an issue that, that really trips people up. I can tell you that uh, you know, or the early days of doing Free Talk Live. Basically, we started doing a radio show that was really not a libertarian radio show. It just happened to have, you know, a couple of guys that were uh, certainly fiscally conservative, but not exactly. Um, you know, we, we've moved along the the way over the years. And, you know, things like this, when they just get thrown out at you, you know, you're not prepared for it. It can be they can really stump you. And I I appreciate you you know, giving people all this information. Now, I know that there's a, um, you know, the, the article I've read and there's also an audio book. Um, is that an MP3 uh, version? Uh, that is where well, you can download it online uh, off of our website at fee, dot org. Uh, and it's easy to find if you go to the search engine and just type in Great Depression or just look down the main page at fee.org, you'll find references to uh, great myths of the Great Depression, both the hard copy and the audio version. Are there a lot of uh, MP3s available there? I mean, I'm, I'm on the page of the Great Myths of the Great Depression, so I don't know what uh, necessarily how many um, how many 
of these uh, seminars they may there may be to uh, to download. Are there a bunch of them? Oh yes, if you go to uh, if you see on the main page at fee.org of the uh, place where you click on uh, library, that'll bring you to all of the audio and video that we have posted, and there are literally dozens, if not a uh, hundred or more, of uh, commentaries and uh, essays uh, in video and speeches in video and audio form. You know, that has to be far more edifying than sitting around listening to Ozzy Osbourne's crazy train one more time, you know? <laughs> I would I would think so. Certainly more edifying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Larry Reed, I really appreciate your time doing this uh doing this interview with me and I think it's been illuminating. Um and uh hopefully we will we, we will have gotten one percent of the information that you've uh, you've given forth here so that we can can use that in, in conversations in the future with our loved ones and people that we meet uh, regarding this issue. Because I, I this is this is an area where the socialists have truly managed to rewrite history. Like they've 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 practically taken this hill and if there's any way that we can uh, to shake their grip on it i think it's uh, it, it's really valuable well thank you mark we certainly have a lot of work to do but uh, we've made a lot of progress on this issue in recent years uh, the further we get from the period of the great depression the more that people are rethinking it and the more great scholarship is pouring forth so i would urge your listeners to uh, check out fee.org and see uh, a good good deal of it that would be helpful in clarifying this issue Larry, Reed, thank you very much thank you mark Welcome to Living Healthy Naturally, with information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing. Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsay Duncan. Losing weight and then maintaining a healthy weight is an American obsession and one that I deal with constantly when I help my clients. The road to weight loss always needs to include exercise and a healthy diet. And one of the factors in a poor diet that people often overlook for weight loss is that a diet that lacks nutrients actually increases hunger. Getting more fiber in your diet is beneficial since fiber makes you feel full sooner and longer. Because it can be difficult to make sure you get all of your nutrients and fiber in your daily diet, Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice with the acai berry, which naturally contains fiber and protein. It also contains nutrients like a thousand percent of the daily value of vitamin B12, which helps your body convert carbohydrates into energy. Acai berry juice tastes fantastic and it's packed with a healthy combination of nutrients and fiber to help you maintain a healthy body weight. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice to help maintain your fit figure every day. To learn more about living healthy naturally, and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart, Sam's Club, and Super Target locations.